Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 309. Hopefully you guys have had a great Tuesday. I've got a great guest for you tonight. We've seen this gentleman around the chats. Of course, as you can read on screen, we have Detroit River Rat with us tonight. Hello, my friend. Tell us how you're doing and uh, where we can find you, if we can find you. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Eo? Great to be here. And uh, I keep a pretty much low profile on social media. Uh, pretty much, I use email. I'm old, and uh, I use email. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me, they can get a hold of me at det.riverrat1 at att.net. But uh, that's how you can get a hold of me. Uh, I may be exploring more social media in the future because I want to start up some businesses uh, in my retirement, and uh, that's the wave of the future. Yeah, things get done on social media for sure. Moreover, it's a it's a cheap way to advertise. I mean, especially if you're a growing business, uh, I couldn't think of a better way to get your name out there, and you know start advertising for yourself other than you know social media i mean it, it, you make waves in you know short amounts of time with that so yeah it's almost a must for business these days yeah but it's just time for me so i know you're going to ask this question so i might as well jump right into it right uh the first time i got i smoked right uh, so me, I grew up in pretty much a drinking family, right? Uh, my family, it was all about drinking was totally fine, totally acceptable. Don't do drugs, right? No drugs were terrible. So I kind of grew up as a jock playing, you know, sports. I played hockey growing up. I grew up, uh, I live in Michigan. I grew up in the down river area and, I ended up growing up playing hockey and I really enjoyed that. But so, you know, I was always kind of like anti-weed, you know, uh, when I was younger and then slowly but surely my friends started dabbling in it, you know, and probably when I was a junior in high school, uh, that was the first time I smoked a joint. Right now, the first time I drank, I was 10 years old and in fourth grade, right? Because I had older brothers and my older brother was babysitting me and we had a pool table down our basement and he had some buddies over there shooting pool. So he figured, oh, give Pat a beer. Well, you know, Pat a beer and he'll, he won't tell, you know? And uh, so I started drinking and, you know, we, you know, I started partying drinking wise when I was fairly young, but smoking wise, it, uh, it, you know, it was junior in high school. Uh, some of my buddies started smoking. So I figured, oh, let me give that a try. And uh, I actually smoked a joint. It was just a pinner, right? My buddy gave me and I smoked it by myself, walking to a football game on Friday night. But, you know, like most people, I didn't really get a buzz. Now, once, you know, I met up with some buddies and we drank. Yeah, then I had a buzz. Uh, uh, 
So I was a typical, uh, I drank more than I smoked because back then I went to high school in the eighties, right? And there was weed around and typical brick weed, right? Uh, I was joking yesterday on Medical Monday show about just imagine how much I spent over the years just on seeds and stems, you know? Uh, because so much of that weed was seeds and stems, you know? We always had a Frisbee in our car because, you know, that's how we seeded, you know, sorted the seeds and stems out of it, you know? It was like everybody was a Frisbee player back then. Uh, <laughs> at least the people I hung around with. And So do you think that was just because the, the Frisbee was always there because of the seeds? Figured, eh, we might as well play Frisbee. <laughs> That's why we bought them, to be honest with you. And then it was something to do once we got stoned, right? Because we'd go get high by the park, you know? And then, because usually people would leave us alone. And then we'd go play Frisbee in the park, you know? Uh, at least that was the story. But it always seemed to happen that way. Definitely good times. Well, once in a while, That's, it's, go ahead. Oh, I'm just, just saying, uh, definitely good times in the parks there. That's where a lot of us hung out sometimes, too. Was I, you know, I think that's uh, something that this generation, these kids growing up, the younger generation misses out on, man. The old, you know, parks where that's where everybody met up after school. They'd go loop around, you know, the local park, play frisbee, and you know, be out in the sun. It was where everybody was. You go to them same parks today, and they're beautiful areas that aren't being utilized. You know, ghost ghost towns, most of the ones I grew up in go to see. It's like, man, it's just these areas are being wasted. Wasted. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because the park that we used to go to back in the day was kind of dilapidated, and it's right on the Detroit River. It's a real nice park, right? But back then, it was kind of real run down, and now it's actually county stuck all kinds of money into it, and it's real nice. It's kind of it's. So uh, actually more people use it now, and I don't think the kids could hang out there and get away with what we got away with back then because so many adults are using it now and so many people are exercising and walking around and stuff. But I'm sure there's still people uh, walking around smoking because it's uh, there's plenty of area, you know, fresh air and area to get away from people. But it was mostly brickweed. And then it seemed like around Christmas time, for some reason, we would get good green, you know, some type of hydro or some type of, you know, bud without any seeds. But the rest of the year, it seemed to be mostly seeds and stems. Uh, and then eventually I started meeting people that grew it outside. So then I would uh, get a little bit better, bud. Well, most of my experience was, uh, you know, seeds and stems, but it was, you know, better than nothing, right? 
And I think I always joke. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, I always joke with uh, some of my friends there that, uh, man, some of the stuff we threw away, we throw away today, you know, from our girls. We'd have been happy, you know, if we were sifting through the smoke joints from way back then and stuff. But today we're like just throwing it out. <laughs> back then we'd have been happy to have that, most of it. Well, we used to save our seeds and stems like in another container. And then when we would get real hard up, we would sift through them and get a couple bowls worth of, you know, shake or something, you know. And uh, it was bad back then. I told on Medical Mondays yesterday, I disclosed something and I got made fun of. But it would, it would, <laughs> we were hard up back then because you just didn't. One, we were kids, right? We didn't have much money. Weed was kind of scarce. You didn't always have access to it, right? So we would uh, filter our bong water. <laughs> because like when you're smoking bong, you'd suck through so much bud, right? So then you'd like filter it through a strainer, let it dry. And then when you got real hard up, then you would kind of smoke that uh, along with your seeds and stem weed, you know? Uh, but in today's environment, you don't have to do that. You know, it's so, uh, you know, luckily I started growing when it became uh, legal. Right. And I'm fairly new to growing. I'm of course not, uh, fairly new to smoking if I started in the eighties. Uh, but I started growing once it became legal and, uh, I don't know where I'm going here. Kind of stuff. Oh, it's, now it's pretty easy to get weed, right? You know, like you said, the stuff we leave on the floor while you're trimming, it, there's no way in hell when I was, you know, back in the day you would have done that. <laughs> you know, someone came over just the other day and said, oh, here's a butt on the floor. I said, oh, just throw that away. <laughs> you know, I know that sounds terrible, but. You know, it's funny that you kind of say that because, you know, I actually caught a little bit of the slack the other day for uh, rolling some brooches up on there the other day. You know, I still do it. I I won't. It's it's that mentality that we're talking about right there <laughs> that I remember. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just the old fart me, but whatever. But. I remember, you know, going through just that, you know, putting aside stem seeds and for emergencies and, you know, so today I don't throw away roaches, even though I've got jars of smoke, I still will break down some roaches and, you know, burn one. I don't, and it, it was funny that I caught as much shit as I did for it. I'm like, come on, man. Just because we got it don't mean we got to waste it. <laughs> well, I can't be the only one. Can't be nope. the only and one still doing it. I was sitting in my lazy voice supporting you, Eagle, because I do the same thing, right? I, I mean, I grow. I don't really sell it, right? I have a, you know, a decent job, so I don't need to sell it. I just grow for personal use and medical reasons, right? And uh, I still, because I roll big fatties, right? And I'll, I probably stop smoking them when there's an inch left, right? So my roaches are gigantic, 
right? So I'm not gonna, I'm not just gonna throw that away. I'm sorry, right? You know, I'm, I guess I'm kind of cheap in there. You know, I guess I remember the days where I didn't have nothing. You know, I guess I'm being a hypocrite though if I threw away a smash bud, but yet I'm gonna smoke a roach, right? Uh, I guess I'm, uh, but anyways. I've never said I'm not a hypocrite. I'm a complex individual, that's for sure. Old Vision 420 says uh, he rolls his up in blunts. That's usually what I do a lot of times. I'll put them when them. I got that big roller that I use, and I'll like do like a 50 50, like, you know, some flour, half, you know, some decent flour, and then half roaches, and I'll, I'll get rid of them in one big fatty, take care of. You know what's laying around all at once, but yeah, it's about the same thing as I do. It's one big, one big joint with them. It's usually a good one. Yeah, too. I kind of mix up some new uh, bud into them. You know, I don't like just smoking. Sometimes I just roll them up. Usually I do. I don't. When I'm smoking with uh, friends, I always smoke real flour, right? I don't ever give them roach weed. <laughs> I say, well, I'll suffer. That's my own issue, right? So I'll do that. But uh, shit. Yeah. But like we say, even back then, even back then, that would the circle, the guys, everybody would be happy if that's all you had was like that roacher. I'd be like, yeah, bust that thing out. I don't care. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's for damn sure. There were no. Uh, you know, we would smoke resin, right? I mean, you'd scrape your bowl and smoke bong resin or smoke pipe resin. Uh, I mean, when it got bad enough. It, there were some dry times, for me at least, where there was just nothing to be around, you know. In the 90s, it was there were some dry times, at least in my area. For sure. You know, as, as I'm sitting here listening to this and we're talking here, you know, these are going to be the we used to walk uphill both ways <laughs> in the wintertime stories. You know what I mean? When we, <laughs> not so long. We'd be telling brick weed and seed stories just like this to a whole nother generation. <laughs> yeah, that's a no, you're, you're right. You know, I heard. You know, I got, there's a lot of stories like that. That's for sure. You know, I might as well light one up myself. Please do. What did, what you got in that cannon? Right now I'm only growing two strands. <coughs> uh <coughs> Excuse me. This is a sour diesel. <laughs> so an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. But I just popped some new seeds and I gotta get more different variety going, right? Because I do a perpetual perpetual grow, right? And, but right now, most of my flower is sour diesel. Uh, I got some OG Kush. I just, uh, 
I know you hate it or you, you not a fan of it, but I've never tried it. Right. I guess I live on a, a under a rock or something, but I've never tried GG four. So I bought some seeds. Now I know it's not real GG four because you know, it's gotta be from clone, but you know, uh, I did buy some seeds and, uh, we're going to see how that is. Um, I'll give anything a try, you know, see how it is. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's definitely good smoke. I'm sure you'll find it to be good medicine. It's just that I've had it for so long and it's been crossed with them. A lot of things that it's been sent to me that I'm just kind of looking to get away with, get away from that lineage a little bit, try to get something a little bit newer in the garden newer stuff but you know it works for a lot of people it's it's around and it's big for <laughs> for a reason that's for sure and people find it to be a great medicine that's for sure that's why Josie Wales was so passionate about it when he initially you know found that strain he gave it out here in Michigan in a lot of places for free he didn't even want to make money off it he just wanted to see people you know, have the medicinal value from it. So, you know, that's kind of people I like to to be around. You know, I wish I would have been at this stage in the game then so I could have, you know, had a, met a better relationship. Yeah, he actually, well, I was at uh, the Clio Cup here in Michigan, and he was there that first year that that cup was available, and he was passing out. He had a, a booth, and it was full of clones, and he was passing them out to everybody. And I come around there at one point through the day, and uh, I look look over, and, and I see these all these clones, and they were drooped down because it was hot as shit that day. And he put one right in my gut, and I was like, nah. I didn't know who he was. I didn't even heard of the strain. And it kind of, you know, because of the time of the day, you couldn't tell if it was, you know, maybe – sun it could have been buggy there's a lot of people either way i didn't want to take it oh man i kicked myself a year or two down the road after i realized what i had walked away from but yeah it is what it is yeah that's i mean to be honest that's why i kind of joined this community and started getting involved the last couple months and actually you know volunteered to do an interview just to get to know people right and to start, uh, it seems like, you know, I don't know, you know, you know, one of my neighbors is a grower, but he grows totally opposite than I do, right? I, I started growing a couple years ago, so um, I decided I'm going to do organic and I'm going to do LED lights, right? So, and he is totally opposite, right? He does bottle newts and, you know, uh, whatever those, eight, you know, <laughs> older lights. I'm uh, out of touch. Yes. Yeah. But he does real good, right? I don't, you know, I, you know, I was getting my smoke, my medicine from him for years, right? And then when he became legal, I'm like, shit, that, you know, why don't you start growing it, right? Um and so then that's when I started growing it. I bought some lights and bought some seeds and just started, you know, watching YouTube videos and reading books and, you know, just started getting involved, right? Uh, I've always been a gardener. I like gardening outside. I like plants. I like house plants. 
So, you know, taking care of plants wasn't foreign to me, right? Um, and uh, and I, I, I kind of enjoy it. It's, it's become a hobby at this point. And I kind of, I kind of go overboard with my hobbies. <laughs> I have no one to keep me in check, right? I'm single, I'm a bachelor, and I have a fairly decent job. And so anyways, I get to have fun with my hobbies. You know, I'd, you know, people would probably make fun of me and criticize me for the way I do things because it's probably not the most cost efficient, but it's a hobby so I can tell them to go fuck themselves, you know? Uh, and, you know, because what I've learned is people are very critical and what people have to learn is there's a lot of right ways to do things, you know, there's not one right way, you know, and if you end up with good bud that you enjoy at the end of the day, well, then you fucking did it right, you know, who am I to say, oh, no, you did it wrong, you should do it this way, no, you know. It's however you want to do it. If it works for them, good. You know, uh, I don't know. That's how I am. I'm trying to, you know. I... No, I agree with you. I mean, there is so many different ways to, you know, achieve the same ending there. And no one way, way in my opinion, is right. You know, it's more or less what suits you, your dollar, and your environment. You know what I right. mean? Like it's you, you're right on right on par there and saying you know, as long as it's good enough for you, it's good enough. So I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And since I was just gonna grow it as medicine for myself, right? I got arthritis, you know, I played hockey for from when I was in second grade to say when I was a senior in high school, right? And I guess I ended up screwing up my hips. I really never knew it, but I ended up getting arthritis in my hips and ended up getting a hip transplant on my left side because I'm bone on bone and I need a hip transplant on my right side. But due to all this COVID shit and, you know, I just don't want to get a hip surgery right now. Right. So, uh, you know, and I'm not really a fan of opiates. Right. So, uh, smoking cannabis, you know, it's kind of a nice thing, uh, you know, relatively alleviates the pain, don't have to worry about, you know, an addiction, right? To me, I find it's more habit forming than addic addiction, right? Uh, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic, right? I haven't had a drink since April 27th, 1989, right? So I, I kind of know what an addiction is versus what a habit is, right? Or like I'm addicted to nicotine, right? I go through physical withdrawals when I give up smoking, right? I, you know, I, I used to chew tobacco. I'm a, you know, chewed Copenhagen, nasty fucking habit. Did that for 30 years. And now I kind of, I'm trying to wean myself. I quit that. And now I went to another nasty habit, smoking cigars, you know. So if you see me, you know, pick this up. This isn't a big-ass blunt. This is a cigar, you know. Uh, but 
I know when I go through physical withdrawal, you know, with nicotine, right? With weed, I can, or with, you know, cannabis, I can quit for a couple of days. I don't go through any, you know, it's not like my body's going through the same withdrawal it does with nicotine, you know, um, at least for me, right? Um, not that I don't, not that I've not smoking that much, you know, quit many times for a few days lately. Uh, but, you know, in the past, you know, uh, it wasn't that big a deal. Um, and in, in my life, you know, my story is, I can't, you know, I have nothing against alcohol. My family drinks, right? My brother drank. I got beer in my refrigerator for when my friends come over, right? Because my kitchen table is a poker table, right? So, uh, you know, I have poker games and, you know, beer drinking and cigars smoking and weed smoking, you know. So I don't, you know, I don't mind being around. It's just not for me, right? I know I have a problem with it, right? Other people, hey, they're more than happy to it, right? But like I joke, when I drank, I ran red lights, right? When I smoke, I stop at green lights. So, you know, which is more dangerous, right? Um, and I was kind of an asshole when I drank, right? Uh, not kind of, I was, right? I, I would get belligerent. I would like getting into fights, right? I'm very clean cut. I And, and I got away with a lot by being, you know, clean cut, you know, and, and um, but eventually, you know, you get enough drunk driving tickets, you total enough cars, and you eventually learn that, you know, you know, other people in your family are alcoholics or died from alcoholism. You know, uh, I come from a, a family who pretty much are entrepreneurs, right? My uncle was a genius, but he ended up dying of alcoholism, right? Um, my, you know, my dad's mom, you know, very nice petite lady, always pretty, wore dresses, you know, she was, you know, it's in my genes, right? And it's part of my genetics, unfortunately. So, but, but we just, or, you know, marijuana, cannabis just doesn't have that nasty effect on my life, right? Uh, it didn't have the effect that alcohol had on my life, right? I didn't end up in the gutter because I was, you know, smoking weed, right? And I kind of always behind the scenes. My mom, I grew up, my dad died. I grew up in a family of four. Uh, I had two brothers and a sister. My dad died. I'm the youngest. My dad died in a car accident. Uh, he owned a pharmacy and, um, but anyways, he died in a car accident. So my mom raised us. She was fortunate, uh, you know, she raised her kids by herself. And, but in my family, it was like, there was no privacy. There was no, you know, there were seat search and seizure rights. My mom, you know, she didn't believe in personal privacy rights. You know, you bring it in the house, she'll damn search, you know, we're away from school. She's going to fucking search her bedroom and find shit. Right. So anyway, she would keep finding my weed, you know, she, in high school, I bought this uh, one pipe, and this is the first pipe she found, and she kind of freaked out. But it was an actual chicken claw. It was a chicken leg, right? 
it was an actual chicken leg and it had a bowl like right in the middle of it, right? Sounds pretty cool. It was, it was cool because in high school, like we, I'd walk down the hall and I'd give the claw sign and my buddies would know, okay, let's go smoke, you know, let's go in his car and smoke, you know. But anyway, she found it and then she all freaked out about it, right? But, uh, but like when, when I come home drunk, all oh, that, you know, I would get in trouble, but not much of the trouble, right? You know, she didn't believe in grounded, so I cleaned the garage or some shit, and you know, everything would be better, right? Because drinking was just acceptable in my family, um, and but like when I started getting into, you know, I quit drinking by the time I was twenty-one years old, right? Because I got in so much trouble, I totaled four cars. Uh, I was a bad drunk driver. I was a blackout drinker. And it was kind of funny because I'd get in trouble and my mom would always blame the weed, right? Well, it wasn't the half gallon of Southern Comfort that four of us split. Oh, no, that wasn't the problem. That wasn't the reason why I totaled the car. It was that weed I was smoking. That's why I totaled the car, you know. But eventually, once I finally quit drinking, and I never really quit smoking weed, because I realized, I said, okay, I'll quit whatever is the most, what's causing the most harm in my life first, right? Well, then my life started improving, right? And I never really had to quit smoking weed because it really, it hasn't had the detrimental effects of my life that alcohol had, right? Um, but to be honest, getting sober or stopping drinking was the best thing that I've ever done in my entire life, I'll be honest with you, right? It changed my life dramatically. I was going down the tubes. I was failing out of college, you know, got fired from a job, you know. Um, you know, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't winning awards, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, luckily, you know, a judge, you know, uh, you know, sent me to AA and I, I took it. You know, I went to AA, I took it honestly, right? You know, I took it with a grain of salt, some things, you know, but, you know, they, you know, I learned some things there and I still use the things I learned there today, right? You know, today, you know, uh, when I was a drinking man, I used to think, you know, God was for dumb and weak people, you know, but that's who needed God, right? You know, that's for dumb and weak. But and and today, you know, I have a new appreciation because you know, you know, to me, at least everybody, I'm not saying one way's right. That's by far from that, right? But for me, right, religions for the people that don't want to go to hell, right? Spiritualities for the people that have been there and don't want to go back, right? And when I was living in, in that stupor of you know, being an alcoholic, right? I was kind of living in hell, right? And, and fortunately, in today's environment, I do have spirituality in my life, right? I do have a God in my life, right? I do meditate, right? Uh, you know, I do pray. Uh, I do give thanks, right? And I know, I think yesterday, or uh, you were talking about talking about being grateful, right? And, and that is so important, it, you know, is 
you know, talking about how grateful you are, right? Because I'm extremely grateful because I have the world by the ass when it comes right down to it, right? I have no fucking complaints. I have, you know, when I bitch or whine, that's all they are. They're fucking, it's me whining, you know? Well, congratulations for, uh, you know, beating any demon alcohol, brother, because that ain't an easy demon to beat. It takes a lot of people. It destroys a lot of lives. I'm actually, what, 26 years, 25 years, no alcohol. I gave it up with my first girl and uh, hadn't looked back, man. It was the same way, man. I was a heavy drinker, fucking it, quick to fight. <laughs> quick to fight back in them days because of the alcohol, that's for sure. And it was gonna it was it was gonna lead me to an early death, that's for sure. And I'm it, I'm glad the alcohol is gone, that's for sure. You know it just destroys a lot of lives. So it's it's off to you for being able to uh get that out of your life before it probably would have wrecked yours as well. No, you only can walk away with so many total cars, right? I remember one time, and I know this is going to sound corny, right? But I hit a light pole, right? I was not wearing a seatbelt. And I felt something come between me and the steering wheel, right? I can't explain it, right? I mean, I... I wrapped my car around a fucking street pole, right? Totaled it, right? A little sunbird, right? And I pretty much walked away with, from it, right? And, and it, it's a crazy, you know, and unfortunately, I since my dad owned a pharmacy in, in a small town, right? A lot of the, and it was in the 60s, so it was an old-fashioned pharmacy, and there was a soda fountain, right? Well, I guess all the police officers hung out there, right? So when I was growing up and when I was a teenager, all those young police officers that hung out at the, you know, my dad's place, right, were all the lieutenants and the desk sergeants and, the, right? So sometimes I would get away with shit that I probably shouldn't have got away with. It just prolonged the inevitable, right? So on that episode, right, I totaled my car, right? My, that was four of us. My one buddy stole some back muscle relaxers from his dad, right? We all took a muscle relaxer. Four of us split a half gallon of Southern Comfort, right? And, well, anyways, I was driving so shitty at the end of the night, they got the hell out of the car. They're like, drop me off, right? Well, I was still young, and my older brother, I had his fake ID, so I was drunk i'm like i'm still going to the bar you know so i'm headed to the bar and anyways i wrap my car i hit a patch of water and boom i run into this telephone pole i'd like pole. well anyways so cop pulls up you know i have weed on me and that half gallon of southern comforts in the car you know so i throw my weed out right and a couple minutes later, police up, you know, police car drives up with us, you know, and I can't barely speak. I'm just wasted, right? I give my driver's license and stuff, and 
he tells me, well, get in the back of the police car and I'll drive you home, right? Well, I'm like wasted, right? So I'm like, well, wait a minute. I got to get my book bag, right? So, because I was going to college at the time. So I go back to my car. I take my book bag. I unzip it. I dump my books out of the book bag. I take my bong. I throw it in the book bag. And that half gallon, half empty half gallon or little bit that was left in it, threw it in the book bag, zipped it back up, jumped in the back of that cop car, and he drew, drove me home, you know? And I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm getting away with this, right? So that was on a Saturday night. And on Monday, I was going to Henry Ford Community College at the time. I run into my buddy. He goes, hey, I heard my dad gave you a ride home Saturday. I said, oh, that's, that's how I... I said, I wondered why, how I got away with that. He goes, I, he thought you were a little slow. <laughs> you know? ah, that's funny. But, uh, you know, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't learn my lesson, right? So my brother, he felt bad for me, and he got a job at uh, Chrysler. Right. So he was driving a Ford Ranger. So he sold me this Ford Ranger. Okay. And because he was working for Chrysler, so he wanted to drive a Chrysler car because he got, he lucked out and got in this executive training program. So he was kissing ass. Right. So he gave me a sweetheart deal on this Ranger. Like, I forget what I paid for it, $1,500 or some shit. Right. I bought it on a Saturday, right? And my buddy, he was a bartender at U of M. Uh, and he worked at Dooley's. It was a bar uh, back in the 80s at U of M. And on Saturday, I, well, no, what was that? I bought it on a Sunday. Drove up there on, I totaled that truck. I had that truck for six days, Right before I ended up totaling it. And that another time, drunk driving ticket. Driving down, I was so drunk. And, you know, my buddy's like, oh, stay here the night, stay here the night. I'm like, no, I'm driving home. You know, didn't get five blocks away from his house, blew off a red blinking light, T-boned someone, and drunk driving ticket, got arrested. Uh, but, you know, seemed like I never learned back then. Eventually I did. But that's why I kind of enjoy smoking in today's environment. It's, you know, I don't have that same craziness in my life that what I did when I was drinking. Yeah, I don't miss it myself. The uncertainty of where I'm waking up, how I'm getting home. If I'm going to be sick the next day or even be able to function. Yeah, I don't miss any of that. The bad decisions. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't condone those who drink. You know, I don't mind being around, you know, people that do do drink. But, yeah, for me, eh, I could do without. I could do without these days. Right. And 
Right. It's a personal thing and it's not for me. Right. Like I told you, my friends drink up, you know, I have parties at my house. I have no problem with people, you know, partying because shit, I was a partier. I just couldn't handle it. Right. Now, I mean, unfortunately, I can abuse my personality. Right. I'll, I'll just be blatantly honest. Right. Anything that brings me pleasure, I can abuse. Right. And, and that's drugs. That's sex. That's money. That's power. I mean, I if I don't closely pay attention to it, I can abuse it because I don't know what it is. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a you know, genetically mutated or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> it's, a lot of people have uh, tendencies to overindulge on a lot of those things. That's for sure. But uh, for me, I don't know. I guess I, I do the cannabis night now, too, because I still smoke from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. So I guess I'm, you know, I didn't drink that heavy, though. You know, well, I drank that heavy, but it wasn't that often where I drank from the time I got up to the time I went to bed. It was just once I started, it wasn't stopping until I was fucked up. <laughs> that was the problem with alcohol. It all the ending was always the same, getting fucking completely fucked up. Yeah, that was my problem. I I ended up being a blackout drinker. Now I didn't blackout every time I drank, right? But you know, I would joke with my buddies if I didn't blackout, I would say oh, I just put a buzz on, you know, because uh, it was you know, uh, unfortunately, I, I I like to drink and I drank a lot. I was an idiot. No. <laughs> I, uh, I can tell you, I can say this for alcohol. Uh, I, some of my best times are cannabis related, but my funniest stories are all alcohol related. Are all alcohol related? I guess it's because the, the alcohol brought up the, you know the stupid part of things of me. To be honest with you. But yeah, I have a ton of funny alcohol stories, but I have a lot of fun cannabis stories. But the funny stories are alcohol related, <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, I, I my buddy when I quit drinking, you know, uh, how I determined my real friends were was once I told him I quit drinking, the people that, you know never offered me another drink, right? Were my true friends. And those individuals are still my friends today, right? If someone offered me a drink twice after I told them I quit drinking, really, I, I kind of disassociate myself with them, right? That's how I determined kind of who my true friends were. And, and really, those individuals, you know, I still have lifelong friendships with a handful of individuals. And that's how I determined who were my lifelong friends, right? And, and when I quit drinking, they, they were appreciative, right? They were like, God, I, I, you were a fucking idiot, you know? And, and, you know, my, one of my best drinking buddies, he, you know, he'd say, I would go out with you just to see the crazy shit you would do. Right. Because it yeah. would like, if we were smoking, I was a designated driver, right? If we were drinking, he was a designated driver. Right. So we kind of each played our role. So, you know, uh, I was a better stoner driver and he was a better drunk driver. Uh, 
his dad was the fire chief, so that always helped too. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of funny though that uh, says something about friends though. I guess that you know, <laughs> I went out with you because I'd see what you do. I mean, that's terrible support if you think about it. You know. <laughs> I was just taking you out to see how bad you'd fuck yourself up, man. Well, thanks, Chief. (laughs) Uh. I did some stupid, crazy shit, right? Alcohol just impaired my judgment, right? I mean, we may let me, you know, I may forget things, right? But... I don't have the huge impairment of judgment as when I was drinking, right? Um, I I mean, the crazy shit I did, you know? I walked walked up to some guy in a bar because he was talking to a girl I wanted to talk to, right? He had these big-ass pork chop sideburns, right? I walked up to him, grabbed both of his sideburns, and just yanked them, right? Don't ask me why. I was just drunk, right? Sat back down in my chair and laughed, right? Just stupid stuff, right? Um, I would never do that if I would if I wasn't drinking. I would never do that kind of stupid shit. You know what I mean? If I was smoking, I wouldn't walk up to someone and pull their sideburns. <laughs> you know. So. What position did you play in hockey, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I played defense uh, pretty much my entire career. When I was, uh, like, you know, you start off in mites, right? And I was, I'm kind of a stocky person, right? Uh, When I was a kid, they used to call it husky, you know? Go to Sears and buy the husky jeans, you know? Uh, I was a fat kid, right? Uh, but so I always played defense. Um, and that's probably why my hips got screwed up because you're always skating backwards, right? You're always wiggling your ass. Uh, I don't know. I always joke it was from hockey or too many lap dances at the titty bar, one or the other. I don't know which one. It's funny. It's funny. Well, one, well, one's more enjoyable than the other, though. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, eh, both good times. Both good times. Yeah, but I, I really, uh, I heard uh, in high school, I played hockey, but uh, to get in shape for hockey, I actually wrestled, right? I heard, I, I think in an episode, you said you were a wrestler or you did wrestle, too. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All the way through school and then some. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, My real good friend? 140. 140 I wrestled all through school. Little guy. Little guy. Wrestling. I, well, hard to believe, but I wrestled, I think it was like 145, wasn't it? 142 and 145 or something like that shit. I don't know. I think I, I wrestled 
I don't ex know the exact weight, but like one up above there, it was 140 something. And 145 was the next. Okay, I was 145, but I was terrible because my nickname was Pear, right? I, I, <laughs> I, I was not a wrestler, right? I didn't have the upper body strength uh, that, you know, real wrestlers have, right? I was doing it because my buddy was doing it, and I did it to get in shape to play hockey. I enjoyed hockey. That I, I was a pretty good hockey player. I was a shitty wrestler, right? Uh, but it was fun, right? I enjoyed it. I could see that being good in both aspects, really. I mean, a lot of running and wrestling, a lot, a lot, a lot of running and wrestling, that's for sure. And then you use that upper body strength when you're fucking throwing those blows on the on the ice there. That would definitely come in handy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, you know, I was uh... – a senior in ice or a junior in ice school or something and in hockey we were in the playoffs right and uh i had to miss a wrestling match right and my coach didn't like that right and he said well you got to make a decision which sport do you want to play i said well okay i guess i'll play hockey then see ya you know because i wasn't any good and i you know i had fun i was in good shape right but i, I wasn't the I wasn't gonna, you know, I wasn't a star. That's for damn sure, right? Well, for me, I had, uh, I'm I, the choice was either football or wrestling, and I'd cut the football, <laughs> kept the wrestling myself. No, my most of my friends uh, played football, and unfortunately, a lot of them have lifelong injuries from fucking high school football. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, what the fuck, you know? Because back then, there were some nut job coaches, you know? Send them in, buy them, they're hurt, do care, you know? I'm sure that's probably still happening today, but back then, it was, you know. Pride. Team pride. Right, and... That's for sure. And I, and I guess, you know, the worst part about it is my one buddy, like I didn't play football. I played hockey and wrestled, but most of my friends played football. And I guess during a scrimmage, my two of my other buddies set my other buddy up, and that's what caused his lifelong injury. So his own friends fucked him up <laughs> because his knee, that's right? A, as we speak of it, you know, I see his name there in chat. Uh, Jack Greenstock was one of those football injuries right there that we're talking about, lifelong football injuries from, uh, you know, youth football. You know, it's sad, you know, to carry out, carry on something like an injury for something you didn't even get paid for. You know what I mean? So early on in life, it's kind of, kind of a tough thing, that's for sure. No, that it is. Uh, yeah, that's why I played hockey. It's a more civilized sport. You know, you don't get, you know. I was very fortunate. I didn't get hurt. I might have hurt a couple of people. But I remember one of my proudest moments was skating off the ice 
after I ended up hurting two people on the same, you know, shift. So when I skated off the ice, there was two guys laying on the ice from the opposing team. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that you loved about hockey, though, was occasional fights. Yeah. I did some good fights. I was fortunate enough. I, I played for 12 years, and the only time I got in a fight is uh, when we got in a team fight. <laughs> but I was fortunate enough where if you intimidate people enough on the ice, they don't want to fight you, right? They, they don't want, you know, you fucking go screaming at them and smash them into the boards. They don't want to fight you. You know, I'd see one, a good check, one or two good checks in the first period to keep you out of the, that kind of thing. The rest of the game, see one of their buddies go flying out the board. Like you say, yeah, you might want to stay away from that cat over there. <laughs> That's why I enjoyed hockey. Cause I did take my frustration and the anger because growing up, uh, I did have a lot of anger, uh, you know, and I definitely took my anger out on the ice. That's for sure. Right. And, and that's probably, you know, caused part of my drinking problem, right. Uh, having a lot of anger. Uh, but luckily I was able to work through that. And today, you know, uh, you know, I don't have that. Right. Uh, that, that's why, you know, I, I do, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a preacher of AA. That's for damn sure. But it is, it is a good program for those individuals who need it. Uh, it's not for everybody, uh, but it is, it is, it teaches you some basic principles that you can live by and, and become a good human being, you know, and become, you know, someone that you, you know, you have self-respect, you know, you, you learn gratitude. Um, and I appreciate that. It's far from where I was headed. You know, it's funny that uh, you bring the AA thing up. That uh, it's funny because I, I kind of come from a, a weird background. I'm not going to get too into the, all that, but uh, I actually found a token when I was out of fuck. It had been like 16 or something like that, and I, it was uh, turned out to be uh, an AA coin. <laughs> but the, the 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 mantra on it there kind of hit home you know what i mean i carried it in my pocket just to help me remind me to get me through my problems i you know, of course i was way young and obviously wasn't having alcohol problems back then but it did there was something about that mantra that helped me you know get through some shit and it was funny because i actually showed it to my wrestling coach at that time, and he was like, "Man, that's a fucking alcoholic <laughs> one, you know? Somebody that's an alcohol uh, alcoholic." And I'm like, "No, I, I found this." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, that's what it is." It kind of took away from it just a little bit, but I still carried it until I fucking lost it. That's for sure. Yeah, I know one of the things was to thy own self be true or something. Uh, but anyways, there's a lot. It was. That wasn't that one. I can't remember it. It's been so long now. Yeah, who knows, right? There's a lot of them. But uh, this is about uh, cannabis, not about that. But, you know, part of my history is, you know, 
like a story about my family or where I come from about the drinking part, right? Uh, come from immigrants, right? Because, you know, alcohol was accepted. My, you know, my grandma would tell me this story, right? Her mom, right, had a still down her basement. And it was like in the movies, right? You'd have this wall and it would be the canning jars on all the wall. And then, you know, you push the wall and then the still was behind the dam, you know, behind the wall of canning jars, right? And this was back in the, during the depression, during the twenties, right? Well, not during the depression, but during prohibition. And my grandma, the way she would deliver this, you know, moonshine, she'd fill up a five gallon pickle jar or pickle barrel, right? Put it in a baby carriage pull a blanket over the baby carriage and then push that down the street, right? And then that's how she would deliver the the moonshine, right? Or the bootleg uh, liquor. Uh, but growing up, it was just commonplace, you know, my, my uncle, right? He was a very successful individual. He owned a, uh, a company, but he had a hobby of making wine, right? And because part of our heritage, you know, they like to drink wine. Well, he owned his business, right? And one year, you know, he had a knock at the door and all of a sudden the ATF's there and the IRS are there and they're asking him, can he explain why, what's the $700 worth of grapes that he wrote off on his taxes, right? <laughs> <laughs> because he had this wine making operation in his business, right? And then he would give this wine away, right? So he just figured out, well, shit, he'll expense it as a business item, right? Well, after the IRS came and the ATF came knocking at his door and explained that, you know, you really couldn't do that. And, uh, but he really didn't get in much trouble about it, but I just always thought it was funny, right? Uh, so it just kind of explains, you know, drinking was very commonplace in my family. It was just part of how I grew up. Uh, and so I, I like the cannabis much better. It doesn't get me in trouble. You know, I do have fun times. I don't have the funny stories or or the, the stupid stories that I have, right, uh, when I was drinking, uh, you know, crazy episodes. Uh, <laughs> so what are some of your favorite strains that uh, you've been, you've liked to uh, smoke since we became legal, man? There's, there's been a smorgasbord of things to try. What have some of your flavors, favorite flavors been? Well, that's where I'm a little shallow. I don't go to the dispensary much, right? I was pretty no? much getting it from my buddy, right? And because he was growing real good smoke, right? And it was top notch. It didn't have really a name. He just, he's been growing it for 10 years, you know? And you know, it was always been treated me good, right? And 
he's very reasonable because he's my next door neighbor, you know, two doors away, right? I sold him a boat, so gave him a real good deal on a boat. Uh, so he treats me real good, right? Or did in the past. So it was like, I'm going to go to Spencer and pay double what he's giving me, you know what I mean? And I'm not much of a weed snob, I'll be honest with you, right? It, as long as it, you know, gives me what I'm looking for and it tastes okay, I'm perfectly content, right? I, I'm definitely not a weed snob. Far from that, probably just the opposite. Uh, but I do like good, you know, good cannabis. Don't get me wrong, right? But I'll smoke bad stuff too, right? I won't enjoy it, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, but that's why I do like growing. So right now, I did. Uh, I grew. So when I first started, I didn't know anything, right? Sometimes I jump into things with both feet. Sometimes since I'm single and a bachelor, I got more money than brains. So I do shit before I really even know what the fuck I'm doing. Right. So I bought all kinds of seeds and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So I bought all kinds of autoflowers. Right. And some, but then I really didn't understand about auto flowers, right? So I was keep transplanting them and they weren't growing very good, right? So I had Northern Lights, I had Trainwreck, those two were auto flowers. Uh, I had Purple, OG, Kush, that was a regular, that was feminized seeds. That was two, you know, and that was the first kind of one I grew and I really didn't know what I was doing the first time I grew, right? My first run. I totally forgot when I, I only had one uh, room at that time. And when I changed my lights, I didn't realize I went from 18 hours down to, and I changed them to 14 hours. So I never even went to a 12 hour cycle my first run, right? <laughs> but it turned, you know, it did work with 14 hours, but it wasn't, you know, it was, wasn't the best, but it was like, well, I was still happy. It was my first time. And then when I went to go set it back for my, uh, next run of veg, that's when I realized I'm like, wait a minute, I messed that up. I didn't have that set. Right. Uh, so I'm curious, how were the flowers on a 14 hour day? They were fine. They were just small, right? Uh, were they autos? Were they autos? I, some were they of them were autos. Photo? Some, were, some were that purple haze or purple OG. No, purple Kush. Yeah, purple Kush. But for some reason, that really, really stretched for me. I mean, crazy stretch compared to anything else I have. Now, I'm going to, I still got a couple seeds of that, and I'm going to retry it now that I know what kind of know what the hell I'm doing, right? Uh, and give it another try. Uh, but right now I got Sour Diesel going. I got OG Kush going. I got that Grilla Glue 4 going. 
Now, these are all seeds, so they may not be the true, you know, whatever. But, uh, and then I just uh, popped some gelato uh, seeds. Uh, so we'll see how that is. And what? So how was, uh, what, tell us about your first grow there. You know, when you first started growing, uh, what was it like and what was you growing on that first run? Yeah, my first grow, I like I said, I went organic. I I uh, so I started playing around on the internet to see what I wanted to do, right? And started watching some videos, and I came across that that one guy. First guy I came, it had nothing to do with weed, right? He's about growing organically, and he grows those microgreens, and he talks a million miles an hour, and he lives in Las Vegas and stuff, right? Uh, what are you talking about? I can't yeah. the Voodoo Garden? I want to say it's a Voodoo Garden guy. Josh I Micro. I know who, I can't, I know exactly who you're talking about, but he's a great source of knowledge right there. Yeah, for organic stuff. So I started watching him, and then he coincidentally had a few cannabis videos, right? And then I came across this video, and he was interviewing this woman grower, and then she was talking about this TLO book, right? This Total Living Soil, or I think, by uh, the Rev, right? So I ended up buying that book. Right. And then I read that and I'm like, oh, let's try organic, you know. And then so I went with uh, kind of a, a super soil based. I followed somewhat his. I'm not good at following people's directions. Right. Because <laughs> sometimes I think I know better. Right. I'm a dumbass at times, you know. Uh, based on, you know, I think I'm too smart for my own good, you know, I don't need to listen to him. And then I learned, well, I probably should have listened to him, you know. Uh, so I kind of watched a bunch of videos and I, I, I kind of followed his, you know, to a degree, his basic recipe, right? And then added some more stuff. And then I didn't like his ideas. I didn't like follow his ideas about spikes and layers and you know planting shit and I just kind of followed his super soil recipe and then now I've deviated from that based on watching other YouTube videos and other you know I've kind of buy a lot of books now and read the books uh, like it was nice having that, you know, watching your show on uh, Jeff Lonefell. I bought all three of his books. And I'll be honest with you, I, I'm after he, you know, I'm terrible at pronouncing words, right? And I'm trying to fucking read that book and I'm college educated, supposedly. And, and fuck, I can't pronounce it. So I'm trying to fucking make up some of these words, right? So I would love to listen to that on audio, hearing that, you know, listening to you about you listening to those on audio, that I'm definitely going to get those books on audio and go through them again. 
Oh, there's so much of a better lesson, especially if you have the books that you can like refer to, you know, like if you've already had the books and then you can refer back to it if you need to for like a visual. But man, if you're, yeah, they're, I love listening to audio books, especially when I'm in the garden and you're already in that kind of like mindset anyway, you know, of, you know, organics and whatnot tends to stick a little bit better but man i definitely enjoyed the audio books for sure right and like i made some mistakes on my first you know but you learn right like i was only using three gallon pots right well well you can't grow very big plants with three gallon organic pots right uh i had the light set wrong to 14 hours right but it was still smokable but it was still good medicine. I still enjoyed it, you know? And uh, since I'm on a, I, I kind of do the perpetual grow like yourself, right? So I kind of, I'm harvesting plants maybe every month, every three weeks, a couple plants, right? So it, it's kind of like a continuous improvement ever since then, right? And you know, at first I would still have to get a little bit of bud from my neighbor, right? And then eventually, shit, I haven't had to get any from him in over a year now, right? And it's kind of funny because, you know, I don't mean, I shouldn't say this, I apologize, right? But he's gotten clones off of me twice, right? And he's been growing 10 years, right? And I just started growing, right? But I've been, I don't want to jinx myself. He has a problem with a certain item where his temperatures drop, right? And, you know, I don't want to jinx myself because I've been, I know I'm going to get it. I'm a newbie. I've been fortunate. I know everybody gets it. If you grow long enough, you will get it. I understand that. I've been fortunate enough not to get it yet, right? Uh, so last two years, right around December, right, he gets it, and now I've last two years I've given him clones, right? Uh, but I, I just uh, I don't know where I was going with that kind of stones on that one. Uh, well, it says that uh, your skill set's come a long way in the last little while. Doesn't it feel good not to have fucking to buy it? Oh, man. It's pain. It's so painful now when you do run out and you have to buy some. It's like, oh, man. I've got to get my shit under control. <laughs> That's the thing. When I pull out my money for cannabis anymore, I'm like, oh, man. I have, if, I, if I have to, I'm like, man. That's I have got to get my shit out of control. I haven't bought cannabis in about five years unless I'm on the road and I haven't rolled enough for the road trip. <laughs> then I'm then I'll stop in. I'm not afraid to pull in and get a few grams to finish the trip home, that's for sure. Or to get some uh I do stop for concentrates because I do I don't make uh a lot of concentrates. So I do stop in the few places when I'm downstate, grab some uh, dab, some stuff to dab on, but I don't ever buy flour. I'll only dab on extract. 
Yeah. It's no, a painful and, experience. <laughs> no, and that's me. I'm just I'm too stubborn, right? I, I mean, because for what I can grow it for versus what I got to pay for it, it's like I got I'm very fortunate right now in that I can't smoke as much as I grow, right? And I don't really sell it. I give it away to my, you know, some buddies, but I don't really, I, you know, when I retire, I'll become a caregiver, but I have a fairly decent job where I don't really want to jeopardize my career, uh, you know, for, a, you know, I, I don't want, I know you can make good money doing it, but comparatively speaking for what I could sell, you know, it's not relatively worth it for me at this point in my career. Um, I got five years to retire uh, and then all bets are off, right? Uh, and, you know, I would like to become a caregiver, or look into that micro business license, right? Uh, but what I'm, the problem is, I think what I have to do first though, is run for mayor, right? and get my little community to change, right? Because you can get a license, but if you, none of the communities right now are being opened up, right? There's so few communities that are allowing it, right? You can want to start a business, but if your fucking community or no communities around you are going to allow it, you know? So I'm thinking about, well, you know, I'll do what, you know, it was kind of funny when I was a kid, this, this, uh, this real rich guy in the local community, he wanted to open up a trailer park, right? City wouldn't let him run and open up a trailer park. You know, that's beneath our city. You know, he became mayor, got the bylaws changed, opened up a fucking trailer park, right? (laughs) So I'm thinking about, well, maybe in retirement, right? Run, you know, another five years, hopefully run for mayor, you know, and get this damn little city to change their opinion, right? Uh, You know, because some of these cities got to start opening up, right? Uh, That's, you're exactly right. And it might as well be somebody like yourself, that has the common sense to go in there and go, hey, listen, it's we're fighting a losing battle. Sooner or later, somebody with enough money is going to come forcing their way into our community. And then they're going to open it up anyways. So why don't we preempt this, you know, this thing? Put, you know, have somebody from our community step up and make some money in front to the community versus, you know, somebody that's going to come in here with a large amount of money and take money out of the community. We might as well start it first and keep the the money here in our community and versus, you know, vice versa. We might as well get ahead of the game and be open and start, you know, cashing in on it before somebody else forces us forces us to open it up and then is pulling money from the community that's the way i've seen it like in oklahoma you know uh same type of problem you know it's a good community good people that have grown up you know under good morals and now this cannabis thing is 
popped its head up and why wouldn't you want, you know, your fellow community members to be the first ones to open the door versus, you know, somebody, some big corporation that's going to come in, want tax breaks. You know, they might initially do something small for the community, but then they're going to turn around, want huge tax breaks, and then they're going to pull out as much money out of the community as possible. So why wouldn't you want to be ahead of the game and set yourself up correctly before you're forced, you're forced to be into it? That's, you know, it all makes sense. And I think as cannabis, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, I'd like to change the, you know, people probably won't know what reference this is because I'm so, you know, referencing the damn 19... 19- 80s movie, but Spagoli, right, in Ridgemont High, right? You know, we got to change the the image of a stoner, right, or someone that smokes cannabis, right? And, and it's not all Spagolis, right? And it's not just all, you know, couch potatoes. People become, you know, very productive individuals and, and can smoke cannabis, you know. Uh, you know, myself, uh, you know, well, I don't want to go there, so let's just leave it alone. <laughs> I've seen a lot of lawyers. It's funny, is that you know the lawmakers are the first person people to that are guilty of smoking cannabis. You know that's that's for sure, and it's funny that you you know you bring it up because it's a lot of student tie people that actually use cannabis, but they're afraid to be able to let their hair down and say it. I mean. There are some great lawyers, though, like uh, the Pop Brothers there. We have, uh, you know, Matt Abel here in Michigan. But there are a few, and they're the examples. So I think they're the examples of what real law is kind of like. You know, they go home, blow it off their steam, smoke one, go over some law books. And I don't think it hinders their, you know, I don't look down at them. I honestly wouldn't look down at my lawyer if he sat before the courthouse and smoked a joint before my case, I wouldn't be like, Oh no. Oh no. I'm going to jail. But if I seen that cat out front with a drink in his hand, I'd be like, Oh, I might be going to jail today. <laughs> I would definitely be wondering, you know, but yeah. Taking a nip I think from a flask. That, yeah. I think people that smoke cannabis are very confident in what they do. I, you know, I've, I've, I'm a construction, I'm skilled, skilled trades. <clears throat> um, I've seen many, many buildings, many, many projects get done with people smoking cannabis. And it was like ne- never a laggy day, very productive day, things getting done on point, very square to the mark. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't say cannabis ruined any of it. You know, just made the day go by quicker, made the guys hurt less, and made the day definitely more enjoyable. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, no, I, you know, white collar. I worked uh, for the U.S. Department of Treasury, you know, for 12 years uh, as as a bank examiner, you know, and uh, kind of the only time I ever quit smoking cannabis was in between graduating from college and getting that job in case I got piss test. Right. Uh, but the crazy thing was 
for that job, all you had to do, you know, I was all nervous. I quit smoking because I figured, okay, you know, I'm, I don't want to lose this job, right? That's a pretty damn good job right out of college. And all they made, they asked me the question, right? Do you do drugs? No. Sign this thing. You will be committing perjury if you do. Like, give me that thing. Signed it away. And, you know, the next day I was probably lighting up. And unlucky wants to know, if, what about my doctor? Fuck yeah. Let that motherfucker fire up before my surgery. I wouldn't even care there either. I would more definitely not even give a shit if it was my doctor. In fact, I would more so, you know, hell, they're not smoking as far as I know right now. And they got motherfuckers got to go in and mark my leg or whatever they're working on so they can hit the right motherfucking thing. <laughs> you think I'm going to let a joint infect that when they can't? They're so dumb. They literally, before you go into surgery, if they're working on your leg, they come in like fucking a half hour before. They put an X on your leg so they know this is the leg we're supposed to be working on. Yeah, I think I got room for a cannabis joint in there for them. I would rather be them. I would rather them be calm and just no anxiety, sure-handed. Oh, yeah, any day. Any day. Go ahead, Doc. You you do what you got to do. You come in whenever you're ready. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, my doctor could smoke. I'd be good with that. So yeah. to uh, trust the pilot. The pilot flew me across the country. I would trust. I'd get it. Go ahead, Chief. Fire up. I'd be good with that. I would honestly be good with that. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, I don't disagree with you. I don't, I just don't think it, you know, it impairs your judgment or, or your motor functions as much as other substances do, you know, and why is it okay? Especially a frequent user. I'd hope my doctor, you know, I, the only way I would think that would be a bad thing is if my doctor was like not smoking, you know, regular smoker, you know what I mean? I would hope that, you know, yeah, he's actually rolling one and smoking before on every break or whatever. But yeah, I, I think I, it, the only way it'd be in a bad way is like if that guy, that doctor never smoked and for some reason <laughs> that month was the, you know, that month or that year was the one time he was going to decide to smoke before surgery. Yeah, maybe in that instance, but I would hope my doctor that's smoking that joint is a regular smoker, not just some, I'm going to smoke a random joint before my surgery today. Yeah, yeah. in that case, it may be a little different story. Hopefully, he's a, he's a, a, you know, a normal, everyday smoker, not just a random smoker. Well, I hate to admit it, but I know... Uh, uh a doctor, right, and a surgeon or urologist, right, and I met him in AA, right, and, you know, I mean, he's admitted to doing surgeries in a blackout. That's fucking scary. So, and again, let's let's put this in perspective. Uh, a lot of times that these, you don't, this is 
gear to the person in chat here. Uh, you don't think that those doctors, those same doctors are doing some other type of drug? I mean, a lot of times some doctors are putting in 24 to 48 hour days and then doing surgery on your ass. You feel that's better than a doctor that would be smoking occasionally? I'm actually scared of the guy that's all wired out and fucking thinking he's not that. The guy on any kind of other speed that would keep him going for 48 hours would be yeah, once you get that past that 24-hour mark and not sleeping, man, you get a little fucking crazy. Yeah, I'd rather, much rather my doctor smoke that joint, take that fucking weed nap before my surgery, come back all clear-headed, ready to go, all positive attitude versus the guy that's been up forever, all fucking stressed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to go back to my original opinion of, yeah, please, Doc. Smoke before saving my life. You can come back with a clear head, steady hand, and a positive attitude. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a, I don't want to know, right? I, I mean, when I had my hip surgery, right, you know, they were, you know, they were explaining what they were going to do and how they were going to fucking saw off my bone and all that shit. And I'm like, I don't really want to know, right? Just do what you got to do, right? And I'll do my recovery, right? But you don't got to explain what you got to do. That's your, you know, just do what you got to do. I don't, you know. But I don't know. I'm going to make sure the next time I go, you know, I've heard you talk and I've heard a few people talk. And I must have not told my anesthesiologist that I smoke weed because I woke up twice during my fucking surgery, right? One, when the saw was going, right? So you wake up and you hear this fucking saw going, right? And then they put your back, you know, I, and I'm talking waking up for, you know, maybe two seconds, right? Three seconds, right? enough to move and they realize you're awake and they put you back under, right? And then I woke up again when they were beating in like the ball to my hip, right? Because they cut your bone off and then they beat in a ball, new ball, right? And I woke up and I felt my leg going like this while when he was beating in the fucking ball, you know, that was kind of trippy. But um, I bet. Oh, geez. <laughs> but overall, it was a very good experience, and I'll, I'll definitely go back to him for my other one. I'm just waiting for all this COVID stuff to go away. I don't really want to spend too much time in the hospital, you know, right now. Overall, it was a pretty good experience. I have nightmares hammering in that thing in my bone once in a while, but works great. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, man. That, that, I was walking upstairs uh, the next day. Wait, two days later. Two days, the next day, they had me fucking walking. Up these rehab stairs the next day. Crazy. crazy. What they can do now. But, you know, it is good. 
Yeah, they do some crazy work these days. I actually had one time when uh, I had a bilateral hernia surgery and I woke up mid-surgery like that. Well, they didn't put me out because of my admitted to smoke. I had to go to a spinal block because I admitted that day of smoking cannabis the night before. I lied. I would, in most cases, I would have lied, you know, and but I, for some reason, they spooked me. You could die. Your lungs could, you know, you could get all shallow lungs and they could stick from the resin from the, the cannabis in your lungs. And I was like, oh, shit, really? Yeah, I smoked. I smoked today. So they went through like a spinal block. And I was awake through most of that fucking surgery. And I tell you what, man, I ended up fighting. I ended up having a nurse like hold my hand and fucking like pet my head and talk to me most through most of the surgery because I had like a veil like right here and they had me opened up from hip to hip and with like a flap opened up and I kept wanting to look. I kept struggling, wanting to see past the curtain and they're like, no dude, lay back, lay back. They just sitting there fucking talking to me. It's all right. That was the worst fucking surgery I ever went through right there. It was being awake all completely through that whole thing. So, oh, man. I've been put back together not, a few times myself, brother. <laughs> Too many times. That would not times. be fun. Yep. Oh, man. That's why I try to stay in better shape as I get older because, man, I know I'm just fighting the inedible, man. Once, you know, once uh, my body starts locking up, man, it's going to be rough, rough <laughs> from all the injuries. No, and uh, that's it's kind of my problem because I have an office job for my real job, but I, uh, I got some rental houses on the side. So I kind of enjoy doing that type of work, right? I'm kind of handy with my, you know, I, I shuffle papers for my job, right? So I enjoy kind of working with my hands, right? For a side thing. And uh, so that's when, you know, I'll be painting baseboards or be on my knees a lot, right? Doing a lot of work on my knees. And that's when usually I pay the price with my bad hip. But, uh, you know. Um, but otherwise I'm in pretty, you know, pretty good shape. But I know you do a lot, you know, that's kind of what you do or you did was more carpentry work. And I kind of enjoy that. It's kind of nice building something. You, you start off with nothing and you, you end up with a nice piece of something. You know, I think I heard you talking about making a bookshelf or making a fireplace kind of enclosed, not enclosure, but, you know, bookcase type thing. And, you know, it is nice. I don't have that type of skill set, right? But, uh, you know, it is fun doing that, right? Oh, I do miss it. And, uh, you know, I still do it from time to time. Uh, there's nothing better than looking back at a job well done. You know, there's, and the gratitude, you know, I always hated you know, I love the work so much. I actually love it just as much as what I do now. And there was something that, uh, that gratitude of going in and fixing somebody's problem 
you know, going in and it was all fucked up and you came in and it was actually not only fixed, but better than it was in most cases. And uh, that's fucking pretty awesome. I love that gratitude. And it's always hard to turn over a bill at the end of the day and be like, yeah. I know you just showered me with a ton of thank yous and this is but here you gotta you gotta pay me here's the bill it always spoils that moment and i hate i always hated handing the bill over it's always the shitty part of the job well it's part of life right they work to get paid you will work to get paid right and when you do a good job you know there's nothing a problem with getting paid for it you earned it you know and it sounds like you enjoyed doing a good job and you took pride in the work you did so you know, nothing, nothing, no matter what it's getting paid. Those fuckers that the gratitude is the best part of it, though. Honestly, you know, I enjoy the smiles. You know, the way I see it, you know, honestly, is uh, in most times, is you know, they paid for the, they paid for the material. I'm just out the time. You know what I mean? Fuck, you know. <laughs> right, you know, just do something good like that. Dinkovich is asking, your lungs could stick. Yeah, honestly, you can. They can. If you're a heavy smoker, you get down to such a shallow breathing when you're in anesthesiology, when you're put under, that if you, you know, it takes such a shallow breath, your lungs could actually touch and not reinflate. They could actually touch and stick. And you could struggle to pull them back apart with your shallow breath. So that's what they worry about with the smoking. Heavy smokers and smoking right before surgery is what I've always been told when it comes to anesthesiology. So, yeah. He was kind yeah, of going, oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Detroit River. No, I'm sure they told me that, but I'm sure I, I just forgot about it, you know. But I'm pretty open with my smoking with the doctors. Uh, I'll be honest, you know. When I was younger, I wouldn't admit it, but now that I'm older and I got this young doctor, I just got a new doctor, and then, you know, and and I was just honest with him, right? And he's like, oh, you know, but I, I told him, I said, hey, I haven't drank in 27 years, and but this is my release, and I, you know, and he's like, oh, I'd rather have you smoke than drink, you know? So he's kind of all for me smoking, so that was, you know, you know, it was a good change, right? And I'm sure it's a generational thing because he's a younger big guy. It is nice to see him be a little bit more open-minded about it. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, because I figure I might as well be honest with him because now that HIPAA, right, that law, they can't share any of your medical information with your employer or with anybody, right? So why not be honest with them, right? Um, so... I was always worried about I still, that. I still keep a fucking uh, medical license because of the HIPAA rights, to be honest with you. you know? 
I feel that, you know, if ever anything, there's any kind of problems like on a job or whatever, I do retain that right. So, you know, and that's a lot of things people should keep in mind just because it's recreational in your state. You know, if they find it in your system, you know, like say you get hurt on a job, they find marijuana in their system, they can actually blow off your workman's comp just like you were drinking on the job. So you have to be aware of that, you know. So and having a medical license, retaining your medical card can save you in that instance. For A, you know, protect you against getting fired. And even if you did get fired, you still could, you know, retain unemployment benefits and whatnot because it was a medical issue and not a recreational issue. <coughs> There's tons of reasons to keep that card, that's for sure. Yeah, I got mine. Uh, that's for sure. And, it, you know, uh, and also it doesn't hurt to have it for driving too, right? You just, just because in case it's in your system for some odd reason, right? At least you have that card, right? And, you know, you know, and then at least you have a legitimate reason why it's in your system. So who knows? Just reading chat there, telling me if I want to watch surgeries, look up surgical lights. No, I don't want to watch surgeries. That's not something I like there. No, all those square mesh, to be honest with you. All those medical shows, I just turn a channel when they're showing body, you know, them cutting open a body. I don't like that one bit. I can't believe there's a niche for that, man. Like that Dr. Pimple Popper and shit like that. I can't believe why people want to watch that shit, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I kind of agree. You know, I, I enjoy that, uh, you know, tonight I'm probably... You know, I watch that Oak Island thing. I do like that show, you know. I don't watch too much TV, ah. but I, I do like a few shows. I watched it, too. I, I'm a fan. That's it. I was telling uh, Cass today that that was the only fucking show I watch right there is fucking Oak Island. It's getting good, man. They fucking found another road tonight. I, was, I didn't even get to watch it, all of it, man. I'm so frustrated. I don't, I don't have cable here. Live in the fucking woods. It's a bitch to get cable out here. I do have satellite, but I don't mess with the satellite TV. I just basically have it for internet. And so I don't I don't even watch TV. I, I, I pay for fucking Hulu so I can watch one fucking show. That's the curse of Oak Island live when it comes on or I can record it. And I shit you not, every Tuesday night, nine o'clock i sit right here and i watch it seemingly in like five fucking second intervals it's like 10 seconds of video buffer 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 10 seconds of video buffer 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 it took me almost two hours to watch tonight's episode and i never even fucking made it all the way through it (laughs) but it's getting good that's i'm hooked man i just i'll sit there like watch it through the buffer man they're actually finding some good shit 
So don't spoil the ending for me, because uh, I'm going to rewatch it later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's just continuation, you know. I kind of like it. They're Michigan guys, you know, and uh, it's kind of a nice mystery, right? And you know, it's good for that uh, brother with the deep pockets because fuck who, you know, they can't be making that much money off the show to keep funding this thing. So that those Craig and the brother must have some fucking deep pockets. Some of that, I think they uh, they in like are enlisting some of the companies in with like if we find anything you're a part you know taker in it or something like that so they're almost i think they donate some services to the the project but i could be wrong on that i i you know i'm not far from traverse city i'm always hoping when i run over there that i'm gonna fucking run into old wreck and shit (laughs) hey buddy you want to smoke one you bet your ass I'll ask fucking Rick or Marty if I fucking see him over there. You got you cats want to burn one? Talk about fucking Oak Island? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yep, I you know. Oh, he owns a winery, so he's uh, I'm sure he enjoys uh, partying a little bit. Well, yeah, I'm sure he does too. Have you ever seen the winery? <laughs> Just on that one episode where they showed it, it looked pretty damn nice. Yeah, where he had like the under, he had like the tunnels underneath the winery and shit. It was pretty cool the way he had it set up. I didn't see all that. Yeah, he's got tunnels under the winery and he's got his own like, it's got its own like Oak Island thing to it. I can't remember, but there's like one stone that's kind of geared off to something that tunnels straight up at certain times light comes across and shines down on this one thing and he didn't tell what was under there but it had the real Oak Island feel to that tunnel and stuff but yeah it was really cool it was really cool that's cool it made me think of my cousin right he bought this house and it ended up being an old bootlegger's house, right? So it had a tunnel from, it had like this care, it it was an old style garage, right? So the whole kind of house is a little bit of like a brick wall all around it, right? It's fairly, it's probably... 300 yards from the Detroit River, right? Maybe or so. And, uh, but back in the day, it was a bootlegger's house. And there was a tunnel going from the house to the garage. And then from the garage all the way to the river, right? Because back during Prohibition, there's even a book on it, right? Whiskey River. The Detroit River was. You know, I mean, back then there wasn't the steel companies, there wasn't, so the river would freeze, right? And they would drive cars back and forth, and during the summers, they would take boats back and forth, right? And it was big bootlegging uh, back in the, during Prohibition. But his house, it was kind of crazy like that. It had tunnels, and like, in part of the house, like, Part of the house was cement and brick, 
but the inside of the windows were slanted. So like the people inside the house could have a better gun range, you know what I mean? So they could have a bigger view than the people in case someone was kind of trying to shoot in. And it had like in the fireplace, right? It had the big ass fireplace, but inside the fireplace, it had metal rings like in the wall so you could actually climb up the damn chimney, right? And in like this study, right, just like all the damn movies, there was a paneled wall, right? And like four feet up the wall, one of the panels you'd push and there was another room up in there, right? And it was a, it, it was definitely a unique house, right? Uh, it was kind of funny because it was a big ass house, right? And so what he did is he bought it, didn't talk to the city, turned it into a three family, right? And tried to rent it out, right? The city fucking caught him and said, fuck you, right? He's for 30 years, right? Because he's just, so he converted this to a three family. He's only been having one person live in it for 30 years. So he kind of fucked himself, right? By not being above board and the city really shoved it to him, right? Uh, because you sometimes in these little towns, you got to be careful. You know, they have the upper hand, you know. I mean, it's hard to fight city hall. You might as well be nice to them and they'll be nice to you. Because uh, once they have the upper hand, they got all the power. Yeah, that's for sure. I did a lot of historical restorations in the city of Flint for the Mott family there. And, man, when the historical society comes in and slaps a stop work order on you, it can be difficult and painful because you have to stop work until you can actually go to the next meeting and show them they, what you're doing is correct or whatever. And it can be, it can slow some projects down. I actually worked in, uh, I restored uh, uh, a prohibition area house there in Flint. And it was cool as fuck, man. That house was cool on so many levels. It was a big house, but the bottom was set up for uh, bootlegging. It had secret panels and the whole area that had secret access. You had to know where the secret panel was on the wall to find the door. And it was super cool place it was three stories actually had uh one room in the house that had a mural all the way around the, the room this one room and it had it was like a slave era mural and it was uh there was only three of them ever produced by this in particular painting painter and one of them uh, Jacqueline Kennedy had actually come to see this house because it had some historical value because of the the Prohibition era connection there. And she seen the mural and had that mural duplicated in the White House, uh, and it's still there today. A duplication of that painting there. So it was like I had to be very careful when we were working in that in a particular room. But man, it was 
found so many cool things there in that in the house. But man, working with the city can be unbearable. Man, you have to okay everything, especially when you, you uncover some historical uh, connection with it, like you like you're saying there. You know, it can be tough. You might not be able to do anything with that house in the future. You might have to just <laughs> fix it and let it be the historical structure that it was. You know, one other funny side note about that is when I did uh, work for them, uh, work on them, the houses there, I worked for uh, a very well-to-do family in a trust that was putting money into these houses. And everything was being done right, if not above standards. And the historical society in, in that town wanted things to be like, they didn't want boards changed. We wanted to take, we, we did. We ended up, money ended up winning. Take it down to, you know, the skeleton, both on the inside and the outside and through stages and reproduce it. You know, the same thing, all with new cedar you know, and, and we did. We everything was reproduced, all the cornices and everything we reproduced, redid. Now the house is going to stand for another two hundred years. But what they wanted us to do was not do any of that. They wanted us to go through and like say the rotted sections. They wanted us to like bondo in with like a bondo type material and then sand it down and paint it. They didn't want us to change it and make it stand another couple hundred years. They wanted us to fucking just cluster fuck it up and make it look pretty. We were like, no, <laughs> no. But money, the, the foundation ended up winning and we ended up doing it correct, thank goodness. But yeah, sometimes you have to really fight for that. And some people in positions really don't, you know, they think they're doing the best thing, but they really don't, correct? They have good intentions, but in reality, they, they should trust the builder, the contractor, what's best, right? Rather than thinking they know best. You know, stick to what you know, right? You know, and, and that's kind of why I kind of joined this community, right? To, to gain knowledge on growing, right? I know what I do for a profession very well, and I do it very well, right? I'm fucking clueless on, you know, the growing of cannabis, right? So that's why I like this community, because everybody, you know, is so free with sharing information, right? And at least the shows that I go to, right? Uh, there's some ones that I don't really like, right? Uh, but the the few ones that I go to, right, everybody's very helpful, right, and they'll answer your questions, and I really like the chat, and how, you know, you can ask each other questions, or ask the panel questions, and it's, I'm really glad I kind of came across this, right, uh, and I'm, I'm truly enjoying it, that's for sure. I've met some amazing people in this cannabis community, that's for sure. And that list just grows every day, every day of the great people that are in this community, that's for sure. Well, I think a lot of us really appreciate your, what you do for the community, right? Um, I'm kind of a goofball 
in ways where I'm very principle based and, and some of these other channels that are monetized or they're doing it for the money, you know, some of them have good content, but it, it kind of irks me. It, it's like, get a fucking job. You know, this should be a hobby, you know, that fucking, you know, should not be trying to fucking make, you know, getting $3 donations. You fucking, you know, I'm sorry, but that it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. You know, uh, I had to quit watching one show that I kind of liked just because of the way the fucking goofball acted a couple weeks ago. You know, the show was humming along good. Right. And all of a sudden, Oh, we're ending the show. The Patreons can continue watching. You know, everybody have a good night. Like, fuck you, buddy. Fucking unsubscribe. You know, I'll find something else to do on Thursday. You know. Well, then, you know, that's. It shouldn't be like that. You know, the fans only type atmosphere. You know, either you're part of the community or you're not. There shouldn't be a secret, you know, well, Wi-Fi club that doesn't, in, you know, include you unless you pay. You know, that's, to me, you know, that's this is the way I see it. If you have to pay to be somebody's friend, are you really their friend? <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but it's like when you're in college and people who join fraternities. Right? I would always say that's a rent a friend. Right? Who fucking wants a rent a friend? You know? But some of those, you know, I don't want to bash certain shows with patrons because I might join certain shows, right? Because I think they provide enough answers and personalized questions and shit for five bucks a month or whatever you got to give them. To me, there's certain ones where I wouldn't mind doing that, right? But there's certain other ones where it's like, fuck you, you know, I ain't doing that. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. And and I'm glad like, you said it, though. But better, <laughs> I'm glad you said it, though. <laughs> it just bugs me, you know? It's like, this is for, you know... Uh, you know, and actually, you know, I'll tell, you know, the audience because I sent you that uh, uh, pipe, right? And, and it, it's just my appreciation for what you do for the community, right? You don't fucking put up links. You're not trying to make a buck off us, right? You're doing it out of a love and, sh you know, of growing cannabis and helping each other out and, and the enjoyment that you get out. Right. Uh, and, you know, that was my token of appreciation for what you do for us. Right. Because I found your show through the Michigan Bros. I kept hearing about Eagle Eagle, you know, a few shows I was on. I'm like, who's this fucking Eagle? You know, and, you know, it, it, I hate to say it, but it kind of fucks me that I have a nine to five job. So I can't watch your show very much. You know, I'm like, I got to get up at, you know. Luckily, I'm working remote, so it's easier to get up in the morning, right? You know, just come roll over to the kitchen table, put a hat on. The problem is nowadays there's all these Zoom meetings, so I got to look professional. But anyways, 
sometimes it's just baseball caps. But anyways, I kept hearing about this eagle guy, eagle guy, right? And finally, I came across your channel. And ever since, you know, I, I really enjoy watching just because, you know, we are, we kind of have the similar principles, right? Uh, you know, I kind of like the way you operate, uh, you know, uh, and you're doing it. Uh, the love of giving back, right, and the enjoyment that you get out of it, right, and I think, I, I mean, that's why some of your, you're getting some of the fantastic guests you get, right, uh, you know, I don't know, that Tim guy with the cup, right, uh, like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, he showed his gratitude, right, you know, you know, I'll, you know, everybody wants you to be your buddy now. You know, I'm like, fuck, I'll buy his plane ticket. Hey, Eagle, you know, <laughs> let me tag along. I'll, I'll buy your plane ticket out there. <laughs> I'm just kidding, right? But it's like. It would be fucking, it's, that's going to be oh, good Oh, you can't too. pass up that fucking, we'll all donate for you, man. We'll, we want to see you go on that trip. You know. That's a fucking trip of a you know lifetime. You know, I know. You know, it's funny. Is I was talking to um, my daughter Lexi. That was she's in chat right now. The other day about uh, stuff like that. I says, you know, I don't. You know, if somebody says they're gonna do something for me and it doesn't happen, I never push you the issue. And she's like, why? Because we were talking about like contests and stuff. And uh, I'm like, because I don't. You know, if you know, it's just. I don't feel like I do. Uh, you know, if somebody says they do going to do something and they don't, I don't remind them because I feel like, you know, I just, I, it's a burden or whatever. If they wanted to do it, they would have followed through without me having to put the reminder in. So uh, she's like, oh, that's stupid. That's stupid. I'm like, no, not really. Not really. But yeah, that's, I just, I don't do it. You know, if somebody, but the well, what I'm getting at is I would have probably let most things go alone, but that I was going to actually take Tim up on that offer. And then shortly after I said that, I got a message from him. Uh, he had sent me a DM about, you know, what was going on with the Emerald Cup. They had gotten, you know, 700 entries and this and that. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome, brother. I, you know, I'm, I totally am plan to uh come out there next year and he's like you bet your ass as my guest <laughs> vip and i'm like oh man all right he said it twice now <laughs> and he's like no for real you, you know i plan you better hopefully you will come out here next year and i'm like i i'm plan i'm saving already i'm already throwing dollars aside for it next year <laughs> Don't right. worry, but yeah, well, it was pretty yeah. cool because it's like one of those things I feel like I'm going to have to, when it comes around, I honestly feel like he's going to be like, here you go. I didn't forget you. Here's, you know what I mean? I actually think he's that type of guy that will make good on the offer for sure. He wouldn't offer it if he wouldn't. He's a, he's a stand-up guy. You can tell, right? He, from the way he spoke, right, that that guy's a stand-up guy. He's not like that fucking idiot the other night. I'm sorry, but, you know, 
I mean, you know, that guy, Tim, I mean, you could, he's a genuine individual, you know. It would be interesting just to talk to him more, right, one-on-one. Uh, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a believer in aliens, right, but I'm not a disbeliever, right? I believe that they could exist, right? You know, I'm pretty open-minded on things, right? Uh, you know, I'm willing to be open-minded that they could exist, right? I'm not going to be so closed-minded to say, oh, no, that can't exist. We could be some fucking... Oh, you... Go ahead. Oh, he would most definitely be a great... Uh, you know, sit around the type, a fire type conversation. A guy to sit around and talk like that, man. The stories, you know, the spirituality aspect of it that he has, the aliens, it would all be great, great conversation, that's for sure. And yeah. Right. I, I like his be. spirituality and the way he carried himself, right? Because uh, that, you know, that's what I've learned. It's about gratitude, giving thanks, being appreciative, you know, and, and being helpful to others, right? Uh, you know, one thing I learned is, you know, you got to give it away to keep it, right? Uh, and that's in all aspects of life, right? Uh, So what strains do you have currently in the garden right now, if you don't mind me asking? You want to go, you want to take a little look? Sure. Sure. Let me uh, try to dial in. Let me join Zoom with my phone and then we'll take a walk. If you can, when you get the phone going, just don't start. It'll ask you, you know, bring up the meeting, but don't join the audio until, like, you've walked away from the computer. A little How about if I put this one on off. mute? Yeah, that's what I'll there do. I'll go. put this one on mute. There you go. I'm still a novice. My daughter likes to hanging out in the chat right there. That's one thing about that's been nice to uh, about the legalization of cannabis is being able to not have to hide the stigma or you know be a part of the stigma with my kids. Yeah, I'll put you. Oh wait. You're coming out. It's getting. It's connecting. Sometimes it takes. It's a, you may have to click the join audio button on the phone. Yeah. I had to do start the video too. Is that working? Yeah. Okay. 
probably should turn this, let me turn my camera around. Wait a minute. Just tap it and open the. Well, I'm seeing your face. If you tap the phone and up in the left hand corner, usually you can flip the camera to the front to, to the front side. Well, we'll just turn it around. Let's we'll see. I can just barely hear you. I can see you. Join the audio with the phone. I can't hear you, yeah. Join the audio with the phone. And then you'll be able to talk to us. Yeah, it should be a little red arrow pointing up. There you go. Yeah, I can't there you go. It should be good now. Now, un um, unmute yourself on the phone. Just tap okay. it again. Uh, there you go. I can't. Perfect. Okay. Damn. But you're still seeing me, right? Yep. You can just tap it on one up in the one one of the corners, upper corners. There should be a camera with like a, you know, a squiggly thing to be able to flip it. Uh, there you go. I'm trying to damn look for. Now I'm, lo now I'm looking at the table, or I'm looking at some nutrients. So I'm definitely looking at the backside of the camera. You should be able to flip the screen, swipe it one side or the other to see what you can, you know, what the camera. Now I can't see that. There you go. So you can see it now? I can see it. Can you see these tents? I can. Okay, so these are, uh, so I have uh, these lights, they're LEDs, these are those black dogs, uh, you know, they're kind of expensive, I was a, you know, sometimes, like I told you before, I have more money than brains, and, you know, it's hard, at the time, I didn't know what I was doing, so I just said, well, I'm going to buy the best ones I can, right? Because, you know, not to say that these are the best, but at the time I thought they were, right? But I, I'm pretty happy with them. Uh, but these are pretty much Sour Diesel and OG Kush. And those little things are gelato seeds that I popped. 
And then those are my clone machine. And I got a, you see that little tent in the corner? So I use that for drying and that has helped me out a lot because my stuff was drying so fast. So now I got like a little humidifier in there. But anyways, it works out real good. Because I do a perpetual grow, so I don't cut that many plants at any one time. And then here are some more plants. These are all veg too. I just transplanted some of these yesterday. So a couple of them are kind of wilting. I think I don't, I watered them too much or something, but any questions or any? Can you they still hear me? They look nice and happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look nice and happy there. You know, nice and green, lush. Yeah. The, so one thing I think, you know, I'm learning because I was keeping them the light so low that they weren't stretching at all because like everybody's worried about stretch but with these lights it's almost like i needed stretch because my other in the beginning they were just these tiny tight buds you know and that's one thing i'm still learning like you got you keep talking about leaf stripping and stuff and that's one thing i have to learn is more about leaf stripping because i think i leave you know just too many on my plants Yeah, I, I'd like to delete leaves uh, quite a bit, defoliate quite a bit. You know, just a couple, at least a couple. Every time I water, I like to pop off a couple that I think's blocking, you know, yeah. bud side or something. Very beneficial. Very beneficial. So is John? I did. I haven't. I have. I'm on my phone now, and even before I don't, I'm not seeing chat. Is Johnny Canaseed watching? Is he yes, on today? Yes, he is. Okay, let me show. Since he's, I'll show you. You want to see my hobby while we're doing this? My other hobby? Yeah. Hell okay. yeah. So, Johnny, this is, uh, you got to give, uh, if you are interested in any of these, you got to give, uh, Eagle, your information so he can share it with me. But this goes out to anybody watching, right? This uh, is one of my hobbies, and eventually it's going to be a business, hopefully, for me. But send me uh, an email, right? Uh, but anyways, my passion is fishing, right? And kind of probably tell by Detroit River Rat, right? Uh, so I took up making fishing lures. And... So I'll show you some of the ones that I, so I paint these. Nice. I don't know if you can see all these. Heck yeah. That's pretty but cool. So what would you be fishing with for, uh, for those in particular baits? These, you could fish, these, any type of small fish, bass, pike, 
mostly bass or any type of smaller, you know. See, I fish for muskie and uh, pike, but I'll show you. These are my littler lures, mostly for bass or uh, pike. Uh, but like, they're giving you make... big props in chat. What's that? I said they're giving you big props in chat. That's yep. awesome. Nice so job. Here's some, here's some other ones I make, right? And these I plan on selling. I just don't have the damn time to, you know. They're uh, done. All you got to do is go to a bait shop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Heck, but you could even do it all at home on a website. Right, I'm trying to talk deal. my niece into helping me, right? Because I'm trying to get her involved. It's like, hey, I ain't, I don't, I like making them. I don't like damn doing the selling part of them, right? So here's some big musky baits. You would think the kid would jump all over that, to be honest with you. They don't, though. Yeah, so these are some giant uh, fishing for musky. Yeah, those are big ones. There. Well, I, so I kind of uh, got a problem. Detroit River, they're already asking. <laughs> please ask for email. Please, please. <laughs> You've already got a huge response just by the people who are watching here. So, so these are all hand tied. I make all these, you know, all this hand tied. This is all like deer hair, right? Dyed deer hair. You, you awesome, know, brother. I kind of got a problem. Like I told you, I can I get carried away with shit. But anyway, that's money in the bank, brother. That's not stupid. That's money in the bank. Well, it's part of my retirement plan. Things in market, right? Part of my <laughs> retirement plan. So where? Uh, that's awesome, yeah. brother. But anyways, so this is kind of my hobby room. Let me get out of here. Hey, I'll just shut this off and go back uh, to the, my room. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, guys, you guys should hit him up if you're interested. We'll try to figure out something to... Uh, where you guys can get in touch with him if you're interested in those uh, lures and stuff. That's pretty awesome. I hope you guys do take you up on that. Yeah, even luck Unlucky said just show up at a flea market like one day a month with them things. Uh, photo full oh. by full says uh, straight talent right there. He's right. Yeah, it was kind of weird because I didn't even know I had the talent, right? I ended up just buying an airbrush, and I just started playing around with it. And once I realized, I started watching YouTube videos, 
right? And there's this, all these guys that teach you how to, and women, right? There's a few ladies that airbrush paint fishing lures. And I just watched them. And then I'm like, well, shit, I can do that, right? And then you, you just try it. And your first couple look like shit. But then you just, just like growing, right? Every run gets a little bit better, right? And every time I do some painting, it, it gets better, you know? Uh, it's just shoot, and I honestly that's something you know. You, if anything, that'd be your Instagram right there. I would think that's all you'd have to do is start an Instagram under your whatever the company name you'd like it to be. Take a picture of each one of those lures and just like you know, zero dollars start bid or whatever. And there you go. It'd be too easy. No, right now, I, you know, I'm, work's paying for me to get a certification, right? And I got to take this test mid-February. So my niece is going to help me. I don't want to really be bothered doing that shit right now because I got to focus on this certification. Yeah, and, um, but I told her, because at Christmas time, I was bugging her, right? I'm like, what the hell? You told me you were going to help me. I, you know, this is free money, right? I, because I'll give her 50% of my profit, if not more, right? Because I'm, I'm doing it more of a hobby than to make money, right? It gives me something to do in the wintertime. I really don't do it in the summertime. I'm out fishing. I'm fortunate where I have a house right on the water. So um, I just go out my back door, jump in the boat and go, right? It's a little house. It's nothing fancy, right? But it, it's just nice, right? Uh, what You know? Uh, one of the benefits of not drinking, right? Because when I was a drinking man, I, w- I, w- I would flush all my money away. But once I quit drinking, my life started improving. I started putting my nickels together, right? And, and, and what I learned, it, it's, it's about postponement of gratification, right? It, it's, if you're always trying to chase gratification, it's hard to get ahead right? It's hard to save that money for the future. And, you know, um, so it's a balance, right? Uh, I don't know why I'm babbling right now, but um, but let's go back to those fishing lures because that's more interesting. Uh, If you, the email address is det dot river, R-I-V-E-R, R-A-T, one, the number, at att.net. You know, just, you know, I'm more than happy to share them with people. But one thing is if you catch a good fish, you got to damn send me a picture. Because when I do start this shit, you know, you got to show pictures of what you catch, right? And if I'm always holding a fish, they ain't going to believe if the same guy is always in the picture, right? So I got enough pictures of me catching the fish, right? I got to get some other pictures. So when I give them to friends, that's kind of my requirement, right? I need some pictures because, you know, it helps when you have pictures. Go ahead. A deal? That sounds like an amazing deal. (laughs) And fair enough, I would say. Only fair. Yeah, and eventually I got to get something going, right? So you give some away for free. You don't charge much, right? Maybe your cost. 
get some pictures, get a business going. And then uh, the problem is it's crazy, but do it officially, right? You need to get a federal license because there's a federal excise tax on any fishing equipment, right? So when I do start my business, right, I'll do get that. Because what happens is when you buy your component parts, you don't have to pay that 10% tax, right? So when I buy the component parts, these companies are charging me this 10% tax, right? Uh, but anyways, so, and some of the good component, like I had to beg this one company to even sell me parts because they're like, we don't sell them to hobby people. We only sell them to true licensed, you know, lure companies. And I'm like begging them. And it kind of screwed me because I gave them my whole order, right? And then they're like, oh, we can't, you don't have a, you know, tax ID number. We can't do this transaction, you know? So then I go to this other company, order a thousand dollars worth of parts, right? They come in the mail. I start making fishing lure shit out of them, right? Six months later, that other company ships me fucking stuff. So now I got all these damn lure, you know, so now I got to go into the lure business because I got so many damn lure parts. So I'm just curious as a, you know, a business owner, I would try to play this card as, you know, somebody unlicensed to try to get some equipment like that. Uh, under my, you know, I, I'm not an LLC under being uh, my company's on LLC so I'm sole proprietor so my tax ID number is my social security number so if you were buying stuff why couldn't you just claim you were the sole proprietor and use your social security number as a tax ID to buy parts the, the, the government gives you this number right it's part of uh, that lure part of that registering your lure, your fish your lure company because there's I never even knew about it, but when I started joining forums, these people are bashing these. So these guys start these companies. They're paying this excise tax, right? And they really get down on the hobbyists like me, or yeah, I don't sell the shit, but if I do, right, they're kind of dogging the hobbyists because you know, they're kind of undercutting them because they're not paying the, you know what I mean? I don't give a shit. I'm not going to worry about it. Business cutthroat even on the fucking lure level, huh? Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Because when, when you start fishing for species, right? So every kid starts off with a bobber and a damn worm, Right. But once you start becoming serious about fishing, right, you start fishing. When you go fishing, you fish for a species, right? When I go out fishing, I don't just go out fishing. I go out smallmouth bass fishing, right? Or I'll go pike fishing or I'll go out walleye fishing 
or I'll go out musky fishing, right? It, it's I'm kind of beyond that point where I'm going. Now, if I take a little kid out or, you know, buddy's friend or, you know, buddy's kid or something, right? We go out fishing, right? But typically we're going out fishing for a particular type of fish. We're using a particular type of pole, particular type of line, particular type of lure for that species, you know. Um, but it, you know, you can overcomplicate it and overthink it. But that's kind of my passion. And one of my, you know, I kind of told you I was going to maybe start some businesses when I retire, right? So uh, one of my goals, right, is to become a fishing charter captain, right? And then I can have this lure business, right? And then hopefully I can be a caretaker, right? Or a caregiver, right? So I want to get out of the corporate world because I'm sick of the goddamn politics, man. I like my job, but the fucking politics and the ass kissing and, and you know, I, I'm just sick and tired of the corporate world. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, I don't have the balls to just quit. Right. <laughs> uh, but my house is going to be paid off. So damn. Go ahead. So damn close. Why give them the benefit of you know, screwing you out of the money they owe you, you know, retirement. Exactly. <laughs> right. And I, I'm pretty much on a, I have a pretty good job, right? I have a pretty good boss. Uh, I have pretty good employees. So I'm kind of at the tail end of my career so I can, you know, I don't have to take shit. I just get frustrated at the politics, you know, people getting promoted that don't deserve promote, you know, just corporate politics. It gets to you after a while. Um, so, but I, I, you know, I want to go work for myself. I just, you know, I want to get my house paid for first, you know. I don't I have to want to worry about making my house payment. Uh, you know, I don't have, you know, I, I'm not that big of a risk taker, I'll be honest with you. I'm sure I could bust my ass, you know, and, but it's not that aggravating just yet. <laughs> you know, especially now with this COVID and we're working remote. I haven't been in, the, I haven't been, in the office since April. So I work at my kitchen table every day. You know, that's pretty damn, I'm pretty fortunate in that regard. It's got to make it a lot better. Yeah. I would think. I went out and bought a, you know, I got a laptop from work, right? But I went and bought a second monitor and a keyboard. It's just, it's just like sitting at my desk in the office, right? So it's like, what the hell? You know, in the company that I work for, there's no talk about going back anytime soon. So I, I don't think we'll be back until the spring. Who knows? You know, it's got to make streaming a lot more fun <laughs> when you got the dual monitors and stuff. We can watch shows, have the chat up in the bigger window. Makes yeah, it nicer for that. <laughs> I should have hooked it up to my, uh, I just, I'm, I kind of keep my work shit over in one area and my personal shit over in another area, you know, but that is a good idea. I probably should do that. 
Should have did that for That's what's going on right now. As I look at you, I've got the Zoom in one window, one monitor over here, and I've got the chat up in a like. So basically, my setup is I've got the camera like dead center here, and I can eyeball us over here on this side, and I can eyeball chat over here on this monitor and try to like keep an eye on both one just kind of flutter back and forth <laughs> I, it, it took me forever to come up with a comfortable setup to where I could do this five hours a day and be able to do both and not kind of be able to where I was like <laughs> you gotta kind of get comfortable that's for sure no, I, 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 a couple episodes ago, you kind of showed your setup, and it was kind of nice how your four screens are. It was, but if you're doing it all day, you know, for five hours, you got to be set up right. You know, you can't be half-assing it every night. I'm completely comfortable, man. If I come up here at night, man, I got, you know, I've got a couple chairs, that depending on how I feel, my back feels and shit that uh, <laughs> I use. I come in, I bring, my, I bring a pot of coffee in with me. Ta-da. <laughs> my French press. I got my fucking juice in case you get tired of the coffee. And then I got my canvas. I'm, I'm ready to roll for hours. Usually when I sit down, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll for a while. You got a, you got a system at this point. Oh, yeah, I'm getting there's times like where I'm like, I used to half hour before the show, I'd be here all nervous and kind oh, double checking everything. Three oh, episode 309, I'm like fucking sliding into it like five minutes before the show. <laughs> fire that up, fire that up, <laughs> click, 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 ready to go. It's my. Yeah, that's why I wasn't yeah, nervous because I'd give in AA you give like you give open talks, right? So I've spilled my whole life story in front of you know you know a bunch of people, right? It's multiple times, so it's like I don't talking about smoking and hanging a little bit about your life. I'm not too nervous about it. I guess I'm fortunate in that regard. Definitely and you're pretty easy individual to talk to. Appreciate that as well. So, uh, what's there's there's some uh, strains that uh, you're looking to uh, pop here in the future. Which do you prefer? Do you uh, prefer an indica or sativa? Which side do you leave there? Just don't mind much. I like indicas, but I haven't got a good one yet, right? I mean, to be honest, when I like putting a buzz on, I want to put a buzz on, right? I mean, during the day, I don't mind getting a little uppity buzz, right? But at night, I would like to put, you know, uh, a little bit of a, you know, buzz on. But so that's, I got to find a strain you know, you were talking about Bengus and stuff. You were saying, man, that put a, you know, I got to find something yeah, like that. It's a, it's a seat clamp. That blue Mile from Bengus, I found it hit me pretty hard when I smoked it that night. 
And every time I, I you know, he, the sample I got, I was lucky enough to uh, to pull three, three out of that sample. And each one was like a nice. <laughs> that's the way it hit me anyway. Jinx's nine pound hammer is another good one. I'd suggest for if you're looking for a heavy indica. What is it? That one, the Jinx's nine pound hammer. That's a heavy, heavy hitter there as far as the indicas go. I, when I, I used to table there at, uh, uh, the, I guess, the clubs, you could call it, <laughs> back where we could, you know, do our caregiver thing. That's what I always would suggest for people that wanted something to sleep. And that's anybody that ever suggested that for sleep always came back and was like, yeah, that uh, that was perfect for what I needed. And uh, you have any more? They always came back for more because even myself, man, I, I grew it forever and I still have, it's around. I passed it to a friend so I could move on and on other things. But when I had that around, I didn't smoke that shit during the day. I just didn't smoke it during the day. That was the, the one I drew right before I wanted to go to bed. That was like the showstopper right there for me was the nine that's a good lead right there all in itself. I would hope eventually we could get to the point where we could have like meetups where everybody just exchanges flavors with each other. You know what I mean? Because I get River sick of Red, That's every day at any of these events, man. You just need to come. Well, I got to get him. Man, that's why I'm on the, why do you think I've joined this stuff so I can get plugged in, man? Holy cow, that's what we do, brother. The events are already being planned for like 420 and stuff. I know two two events already for the 420 time period. Actually, 417 are the days for both. One's up towards Traverse City, and the other one's kind of to be announced. It's invite only right now, gotcha. but it'd be, yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll be to, to the public, though, but. Man, that's what you do. That's not what we do. That I mean, we come, we trade, we fucking group up, and fucking oh man, them are amazing days. Well, that's why I did the interview because I want to get to meet some local people and you know get involved, right? Because that's the nice thing about this, right? And if I just sit there and don't talk to anybody or don't get on the screen, how am I going to meet everybody? You know. I mean, to be honest, that's why that's why I did the interview, and that's why I'm talking to people, right? Because I want to meet people and exchange and learn from them and learn how they're growing and come over to my house and check, hey, look at this. What do you think about this? Or do video calls or, or just, you know, get other ideas, right? It's, I like the exchange of ideas and other people's. You can't, you know, I don't learn from, you know, from myself too much, right? I got to have learn from other people you know well you've hit the wealth of people man well, there's a good majority of us i mean chats from everywhere but there's the majority of us are michigan based that's for sure i mean i'm looking back at uh, a lot of the guest list you know in the past there man i'd say a quarter of them are michigan folks out of you know Three hundred nine episodes. I'd say a good quarter of them are Michigan folks that have been on the show there. That that you'll find at these events. 
Wolverine grower for sure. And myself, Smiley, you know, Modern Genetics, Red Eye Rustler, uh, Miss D's Nugs, TTB's, uh, Michigan Gander, Twisted Roots, the Michigan grower. Uh, fuck. Uh, there's so many, so, so many. I'm, it, for all the other you guys that I'm leaving out, <laughs> Nutrient Shootouts, Naughty Nikki, Rascal Farmers. Med grower wants a Michigan grower. Oh, fuck, there's you yeah, name there's it. Tons of them. Shit, uh, yeah, yeah. It's in there at these. They're at these events, man. And it's you know it's fun. You bump into them, say hello. Most times, you know, you're greeted with a smile and fucking open conversation and smoke. It's yeah, you, yeah. Hopefully, you are able to make some of these events here. In the, this year for sure. Well, I, I definitely will, as long as I know about where they're at and what time they are. You know, I'm definitely gonna make a plan to it. Um, make you know, make a concerted effort to it. Because that's the only way you, you get to know people is get out there. You know, I'm a pretty easygoing individual, so uh, I, you know, I meet people fairly easily. I think. Oh, I mean, don't forget Kazoo. I am modern genetics. Says, don't forget Kazoo. Kazoo's another Michigan uh, native as well. Kazoo. T Dog, the artist. I'm sorry. I, they just keep popping up in my head. <laughs> All the great folks. Man. There's a lot of them. A lot of great folks here from Michigan. Well, I think we, you know. We end it. it's a pretty good area to produce product, right? Uh, I would like to try to grow some outside. Right now, I don't have really any area, but I got to figure that out, you know, just to try it. They keep, <laughs> it's funny. Hopefully, you go back and watch this and read the chat. Because uh, there's been a bunch of cool comments all night long. I've, you know, I've had tons of nice things to say about you. And, you know, you'd be able to see some of these Michigan folks because they keep, you know, <laughs> don't forget, don't forget DLP. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> there is, you know, just a tons, tons of great folks in Michigan. I know, you know, I am. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you at some of these events, man. They're everywhere. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think Michigan actually kind of, we, we snuck some in last year, even though the COVID rules, man. We still, I managed to go to like four or five of them. (laughs) That's what I was kind of bummed. I joined kind of late and I, that camping one sounds real cool at that campground where you just get a spot and that's that, that's a great idea. That's twice a year too. That's like in the like that be like in June, July. I think they do that one in July, and then again in the the fall they do it again in the fall. So you get two chances at that one. That's a nice setting too. It's like in the middle of the like. Here on National Forest, it's like dead smack in the woods. Yeah, I mean, you drive like it's about twenty minutes easy. You don't see shit. You don't see shit. But old growth forest, you know, there's actually a nice ridge where you come over and you can 
it goes down and you can like look over the old growth forest and you think, man, it is beautiful. Every time I look over that, I think of like my old like ancestors that had to like, that was the way, you know what I mean? That was their day was like to get through that fucking valley to the other side or whatever. I, I, I get all kinds of respect for the people that started this country when I go through there, man, I'm just like, what a hard life it was. I had to be to push through these thick, thick woods and, you know, just to survive, man. But it's a beautiful country and a well, uh, very cool place to uh, hang out and smoke cannabis. I, I, I actually, I've been to a lot of events and I enjoy, uh, like the daytime events, the vendors, all the, you know, hustle and bustle of it all. But what seemed really cool at that event was the atmosphere, like when the the sun was starting to set and the campfires started lighting, you know, that aspect of it. That's when it seemed to be, that's when you could tell the fun was coming out. <laughs> I'm more of an outdoors type person, so... I would enjoy that. I definitely like smoking around a campfire. I've done that more than once. That's when the good stories come out. That's when the good stories come out when you're around the campfire smoking. Yeah. The real bonds are made. That is true. Well, do you need to do a dab song? You haven't, we haven't done one of those. It is 120 or my, oh no, I'm looking at the damn wrong damn time. Well, I don't try to, I try to stay away from the dab songs just because oh, yeah, yeah, it's like it, a 50 50 shot right. while getting a copyright strike. I forgot. And, about you know, that. I, I, yeah, I, well, I appreciate you guys' time and, doing this so I don't want to see it fucked up by me doing something stupid through a copyright issue and then this be lost for you know what I mean no and they're cracking down because that dude's grow show they suspended them for a week what yeah they were off off for a week they just got back this week just yesterday they were suspended for a week yeah. Ooh, don't I consider myself lucky right now? Well, that's really one big advertisement, you know. But still, I mean, that's where they—that's where they're cracking down at, though. Is right. And basically, it, it, it's freaking money. That's all it is. Is they don't want you to make money without them making money. They want—they want the revenue, and they want to be able to pay you. They don't want it the other way around. This is their business, right? I, I mean, you know. So I, I see your point, right? You know, and they don't want these light companies and shit getting one over them, over on them, right? So it's like, they're like, fuck you. You ain't getting one over on us. You're going to pay advertising dollars. You ain't going to fucking bribe one of these people to advertise for you for fucking a 200 bucks or whatever you know, 300 bucks or 400 bucks for a light, right? You know how much, you know? I got a thing from Myers yesterday when I got off the show. I'm like, no way. 
away. That's yeah, they yeah. And I you, once you start doing that, putting them links in your 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 descriptions and stuff like that, man, you're doomed. You are doomed when you start dropping links. So I don't do it either. Yeah, so I was surprised they were back today. Yesterday, they just did a very informal like hash making session, right? But today they were back online full speed. And uh, I didn't see any really changes, but I've never, I don't know, they, you know, they didn't come out and say why they got suspended, right? But Scotty did talk about it a little bit. But today they didn't really change anything, right? They still kind of advertise seeds, right? They still advertised, you know, uh, recharge, and then they advertised something else, right? So it was like, well, I don't know, you know, it was interesting. Well, again, and that's what I've told, you know, I think the loophole is, <laughs> that's the loophole, to be honest with you, is you if you spoken word, you can do the spoken word advertisement, but you can't, uh, you can't put it in the title. You can't be dropping links. I think that's where they would allow it. But if you put it in the title, something that could be searched like that, that's when they get you is what I'm seeing is what I'm seeing. I don't know. It's a, it's crazy. You should be able to, if like, say, like me and you are talking, and you there's a product that you like. You know what I mean. You should be able to say it without necessarily it being an advertisement. But you should be able to say it, suggest it to somebody else without it being cut out. As long as it isn't the recurring theme of every episode, that's when it becomes. An advertisement, you know what I mean? That's, I don't know. No. But I don't no, see the harm in like seeds and stuff. You know, we got to know what's where you, that's another, that, that's one thing I don't have any qualms with either is because, you know, people's got to know where to find good seeds and stuff. It's, it's still, we're still in that gray area to where it's not, you know, obvious. You know, you still have to put a little work into finding seeds, especially quality seeds. So, right, and that's I'm learning there, right? It's quality seeds because the first seeds I got, I don't, I'm happy with them, but I don't know, you know, are they, you know, I hear a lot of people bashing the company that I bought them from, but I've been somewhat happy with what I've gotten, right? Uh, so I don't know, it's hard to know, right? I've had good germination rates, you know, I've had, I haven't had, you know, now I'm a novice, so I buy a lot of fem seeds, right? And I haven't, had, I get good germination and I haven't had any problems. They've always been fems, you know what I mean? So I've been fortunate in that regard. Well, you like the, the seeds I sent you were regulars, but you, uh, I highly suggest you pop them. You'll be happy oh, with I, those. I will, but I think they're coming Pony Express. They actually came back. My oh, lady was like, okay. I don't even know what the fuck she was thinking. Uh, she, she, I got a thing in my, I sent them out. I, and 
I get like two days later, three days later, I get a thing. I get them back with like a thing attached to them telling me to put more postage on them. And then I had a thing to go pick up a package anyway. So I go in there and I'm like, Sue, why won't... And it must have been the same lady who put the sticker on there. I'm like, so why didn't this pass? Because I, I mail these out just like this every other time and it makes it. But now you want me to pay more postage on this one for some reason. She's like, wait a minute. You send them like that all the time? I'm like, all the time. She's like, okay, let's, here we go. She threw it right back in the thing they haven't sent out. I was like, okay. So it it should be on its way. That was like okay. uh, yesterday. But, yeah. No, I'm definitely a problem because I want some more variety, right? I'm getting sick of smoking the same stuff, you know. I don't and I want more there. variety versus. Big, a lot of the same damn plant, you know. I'm getting uh, sick of the same strain, you know. Um, but I do love hash, so you know. Uh, so like, this is my favorite. I know you uh, like hash too. But I'm still a novice on making it. I just do the bubble bags, and I bought one of those washing machines. And uh, I do, I freeze it, and then I do the cheese grater, you know, the microplaner thing. I know some people don't like that because you chop up the heads and stuff. But seems to be fine with me, right? And, like, the first time I made hash, I made all the different bags. And I said, fuck that shit. So now I just use... The 220 and the fucking 25, and I just throw the fucking 220 out, and I just have a hodgepodge, and I enjoy it. Because it's still good. To me, it's like kiddish. If I'm going to, oh, this is 45, and oh, this little pile is 73, and oh, this, what the fuck? Mix it all up and smoke it, you know? I pull it in layers. Sometimes I keep it in microns, but not too often. I'm right there with you. It should be enjoyed all together. You know, it's grown no. together. It's, it's just now, different pieces. Now, maybe if I was going to then take it and press it or do other things with it, then it might be more beneficial to keep the different you know, but I just, you know, it's no, them guys are, the, them are the guys that are putting it all together and pressing it. To be honest oh, are with they? You. Well, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so full times, full times full wants to know, uh, he says Detroit river had seeds for lures question mark. <laughs> that sounds like a deal. I'm always into bartering. My friend, I'm a barter. It's all about fair trade. Right there with you. You know, and I didn't even show you all the variety. I just showed you some of them. Some, I got a lot of musky lures that are a little bit bigger, but not many people fish for muskies. That's a, it's a unique 
you know, they say if you're a musky fisherman, you have to have a strong back and a weak mind. Because uh, uh, just kind of a joke. But the fish of 10,000 casts, you don't catch that many of them. Uh, but they're very exciting to catch. And especially when you catch one on a lure that you made, that's even more exciting, you know. And the one thing, and, 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 and to be honest, right, I'll, I'll give this offer out in the summertime. I, I love taking people fishing and I love going fishing, right? I mean, I have, a, you know, I would be happy to take anyone on chat, right? Muskie fishing, pike fishing, walleye fishing. And, and all you got to do is show up, right? I got all the equipment because I want to be a fishing charter captain. So I've kind of buying it now when I got money. So when I retire and I don't have money, I already got all the shit and I don't need to spend it. You know what I mean? Kind of planning ahead type thing, right? And uh, so I really enjoy taking people fishing, right? So, you know, that offers out there too, because uh, I truly enjoy it. Sounds like you got yourself pretty well set there for retirement. I mean, if anything, it looked like just as an observation, you know, uh, it would look like you have enough lures set aside to where you could just launch the lure business a couple years before the charter business, and it would like pay for the other you know what i mean it would help the launch of the charter the lures would lead lead to the launch of the charter there yeah no and, it, and it's it's really about retiring to something versus retiring from something right they've determined that the life expectancy of individuals who retire to something is exponentially longer than those individuals who retire from something right? You, you can't be driven your whole life working, 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 and then all of a sudden retired to sit on the couch, right? Uh, those individuals shrivel up and die. You got to have a plan, even if it's charity work, even if it's a hobby, right? You, you got to have a plan and retire to something. Uh, to, you know, at least that's what I believe, and that's what I was taught, you know. Chad Westport points out a good uh, point as well. He says he needs to start up the 420 fishing guide service. I'll bet he'll do well. A uh, customer will buy a lure just to remember the day. And then he's probably right. He's probably right. You could probably just sell a lure on the way out just to remember the day. It'd be a double, double whammy for sure. Yep, get them uh, buzzed, take them off fishing, and let them leave with a lure, you know. Uh, a good idea. Sounds like a good way to retire, too. Jeez, man, doing what you love, riding around fishing yeah. and shit. That's why I don't mind showing my face, because if for some reason I do get canned, maybe it was a blessing in disguise, right? Or maybe, I, you know. Because I'm pretty disgusted at work. <laughs> it's funny when they were, when you were talking about the, your, uh, how happy you were at work there with the corporate 
level there. They were describing the scene at, uh, you ever seen that movie Office Space? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The printer scene? <laughs> they were pretty much comparing your uh, dislike for the corporate to the printer scene in Office Space. <laughs> they were basically telling you to get out before it led to that. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, uh, it's a tough call, right? Because when, you know, I like a guaranteed paycheck, right? And I, you know, I am a risk taker, but I'm not that big. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not that discomfortable yet, right? When it becomes that discomfortable, right? Then I will do that, right? Uh, But right now, not that bad. Um, We will see. thank, Thank you, Ned Denver, for pointing that out. I would actually reach out to uh, Med Grower One too, because uh, he's down towards your area, and he also has a, a outdoor page where he uh, that's just dedicated to his fishing and stuff. He's a big okay. Fisher. That's good to know. I yeah, he would. You'd probably get some uh, shout outs, you know, towards the lure end of it for sure if you well wanted to market some. That but but as far as even if you weren't, if you just wanted to uh, meet a good cannabis friend down your way that would love to go fishing. Uh, oh, yeah, right that's, that's the whole, the, I mean, to be honest, that's my whole intent of getting involved, right? It is to develop friendships, meet people, and, and learn. He's an awesome dude. Right. He's an awesome dude. I'm telling you right now, if you were telling me, you know, hey, man, I'd love to fucking hook up, go some fish, go fish with you. More than likely, he wouldn't hook up and go fishing with you. He's that kind of. He's very approachable, very community. And what's his fast. new? I gotta. I know he's having trouble, right? And he's starting up a new channel. I gotta find his new channel. I I wish I had the link right off the top of my head, but he is starting a new channel for sure, and uh, we should sub up. No, I just just in I, case it. Last week, I did go to his old site and him and Wolverine. That's why I didn't want, because even him, right, he just got powdered mildew, right? And even someone that experienced, right, it happens. It happens to everyone. If you grow long enough, you're going to, you know, the odds are shit's going to happen, right? It's in the air. It's always in the air, especially here in Michigan. You're going to get bugs. You're going to... Well, yeah, especially in the fall, it's all over my lawn. It's over my cucumbers. It's, you know, I definitely keep the two, you know, I don't work in one garden and go in the other. That's for sure. Very um, well. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, he's maybe another I'll... one. Med- I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, please. I, I cut you off, sir. <laughs> no. Um, uh I didn't show my flower area because that is, uh, I don't have it on a night cycle. I run mine during the day, but I'm going to convert it. So I'll join the spotlight one time and show you the, the flower area. And uh, I'll show you the slippery slope of organic growing because I know you 
mentioned that you might have a similar problem like I do. Uh, because now I got this damn shelf and all these little cubby holes and, you know, one of each of everything, you know, and, you know. Oh, yeah. The organics definitely, I'm already kind of looking forward to the weather breaking so I can clean out some areas, do some shifting around, <laughs> get some earthworm boxes going. Well, one thing I might... No, I think that's the new thing. That's what I'm going to do in the fall or the springtime because I've ordered two batches of worms. You know, I ordered the first one. They came dead because they delivered them at FedEx, delivered them at 1 a.m. in the morning. But you can't fucking leave something on my porch at 1 a.m. in the morning on December 17th, you know, or some shit like that, right? By the time I realized they were out there, they were frozen. So then the, the company did send me some more free ones, right? Because I showed them, hey, FedEx delivered this at one in the morning. But then Lowe's came dead. Well, I didn't have the heart to tell them. I'm not that, you know, he's came dead too, right? So I'm just going to wait. And in the springtime, I'm going to reorder some and uh, and then get a worm. Uh, I'm going to take Coop's yeah, suggestion I and use those fabric pots. I'm just looking ecstatic about it because I like again. I'm I live in the freaking woods. I live in the woods, and I, you know I don't I don't even have a trash man up here. All my stuff's got to be thrown right in the back of my pickup, man. I got to take that to the, <laughs> a couple miles down the road to the. We got a big old can that crushes things, and they I don't even know when they empty that thing, but. If I could limit my, you know, garbage intake, that tray up back and forth. If I could just be like taking my scraps out once a day and chucking it in some bins and then reusing it as quality stuff in my garden, I'd be kind of silly not to, to be honest with you. Plus, the garbage man don't like me anyway. <laughs> I've always, got, I've always got a truck. I've always got my limit. He's always shaking his head. And it's funny because I'm always like trying to toss in my uh, <laughs> all my cannabis shit first. I always that's I always know which bags those are that are all full of like leaves and bullshit. I'm like I grab them first and chuck them on, and then I try to chuck my shit on top. Of it. And he's always eyeballing me. They actually like. <laughs> They actually uh, kind of cut them back. We actually have a limit now. We can only like five, five 30-gallon bags per trip. And that's cut off. And I had six the other day, and that cat come running right out of the little fucking box. Right. Gave me a little piece of paper. You know the deal. I'm like, those weren't even 30s. And I could double up half of those, and I was under my limit. I grabbed the paper and got back in the truck. Jeez. <laughs> uh, it's country and living at its best right there. No, I get it. Being a landlord, I have a lot of trash to throw out when you evict people and people just move out. And, you know, uh, one of my friends, the city, like next door, they have a city dump, right? And, 
So luckily I go pick him up and then we drive over there and then you pay 10 bucks for a truckload and then they let you, you know, get rid of it. Well, it's not really a dump. They just have some dumpsters, but they let you throw anything you want pretty much away in these dumpsters. You know what I mean? For 10 bucks, it's kind of hard to beat. Uh, you know, So, because sometimes it's hard to get rid of stuff. Never fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. They, they're picky about it. I can't, like, any kind of large appliances or, like, if I had a couch to throw out or a couch or mattress, there's only, like, two times a year where I'm allowed to, like, bring that type of shit. Actually, their advice, the most times out of ten, are, like, have you thought about burning it? <laughs> 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 that's that's the, that's their advice. Burn it and bring the metal here. Turn <laughs> the country, man. That's what they do. Everybody's got a big fire pit, right? Yeah. I, what I do is I take a sawzall, right? Because I I'm not carrying a fucking couch out of the house. I'm not carrying. But I take a sawzall and cut all the shit up. Fuck it. I'm sick of, you know, I'm not going to carry a full couch out. You know, I'm done with that shit. I just take a sawzall, cut it in half, cut shit up. I can carry, you know, carry it out that way. Saves room in the dumpster, anywho. Yeah. I'm not going to strain myself over some idiot, you know. I don't know how many times it's kind of a joke. You know, but anyways, my buddy, he's kind of a mentor of mine. He, you know, he's an old guy, but he has rental properties. But we always joke, you know, like I got this bong, right? And it's probably a $2,000 bong because that's what the tenant left behind when I evicted him, you know. We always joke about that, you know. You hold up a pipe wrench here. Here's a $1,500 pipe wrench, you know, because, you know, it is what it is. Overall, it's a very profitable business, and that's why that guy, you know, you know, was so full of shit the other night. You know, you know, I would love everybody not to buy houses. Fucking, I'll, I'll rent to you, man. You know, um, you know, uh, it, you know, yeah, you can buy a house at the wrong time and end up losing money. Yeah, you could. That can happen, right? But over time, it will appreciate, right? It's a long-term asset. And typically, it does, historically, does appreciate over time, right? Now, if you buy something for speculative purposes, do you, you know, for short-term gain, can you take a large, you know, yeah. You know, the shorter term you're going to hold something, the more volatility in price you're going to have, right? So, you know, but owned, it's kind of stupid to rent for 30 fucking years, right? What are you going to end up with? I mean, that's, that's the great thing about America and, the, and, and what people don't understand about some of the socialist countries in Europe, right? Is personal property rights, right? America 
there's a transfer of wealth because we have more personal property rights, right? Over in Europe and a lot of those socialist countries like Amsterdam, right? Luckily, I worked for a company. I worked for a company where I got to go to Amsterdam in 2005 for work. So I had a lot of fun on the side, right? Because uh, I stayed a week extra. Because <laughs> I figured, fuck, they paid for the airfare, right? And it was kind of nice because if you flew, that company paid. Their policy was if you if your plane ride was over 10 hours, you could fly first class. So I was able to fly first class, right? And like that's the first time in my life I've ever flown. I wouldn't pay for first class, right? I'm too fucking cheap to do that. But since it was over a 10-hour flight. But anyways, uh, I learned about that's when I was talking to people over there. And they're like, like even in Amsterdam, right? Those countries are so old, right? And the way personal property rights are, and like a lot of those people don't own their homes. They lease from these companies or trusts who own like most of Amsterdam, right? Because no, you know, I'm not saying no one, right? But there isn't the personal property rights. It's not as easy to own property and accumulate wealth as it is like over here in the United States, you know? Just things like that, we, we just take for granted. Conceptually, we don't even understand, you know? Uh, you know, um, but anyways, I don't wanna get political, but. I don't blame you, I don't blame you. Politics is a fine road right there. Oh yeah. No, because it's like opinions, right? Everybody's got, you know, you know, everybody thinks there's right, just like religion. It's best not to talk about it, right? Because, you know, politics and religion, I try to avoid, you know, because everybody's my kids that it's just too passionate of a subject and people think there's absolute right answers, right? Well, guess there ain't fucking absolute answers, right? So I agree with it. Just let people have their views and just, I guess the, the understanding is, is everybody's has a right to have a view, right? And, and my, you know, I shouldn't try to expose my views on someone else and say, these are the only right views to have, you know? I don't know. Rolling up some of uh, some J1 I got from Mr. J. Greenstock. Yeah, sent me that clone over earlier this year. I grew it out. A couple runs now. Been pretty yeah. good to me. He has a real good show. I, I like his show. He, he has a very good attitude like you, you know, I, I like his show. I definitely watch his. Definitely some good knowledge over there, man. Definitely a great panel of uh, knowledge there for sure. And I like the vibe, right? They're, they're, you know, you know, they're pretty good people. I just like, you know, his it, panel. It's knowledge orientated, not so much ribbon on each other. 
You know what I mean? Right, and all of them have good knowledge and they all share, right? And they want questions, right? And they're not after making a buck, right? They're not after, you know, here, pay for these fucking, so you can chat with these emojis, you know, and, you know, pay us money so you can use these emojis and pay us, you know, what the fuck? I finally found out what that fucking live chat's for. So if you have like a join your channel, then when you first join, you fucking show up in that header bar. I saw it on another fucking channel. I'm like, maybe that's what fucking that. It was weird, right? I mean, I like the show, right? But Michigan Bros... I, I do like those guys. I watch them religiously. I have nothing against them, right? But they have like buy these, they have like join the club, right? And then you can buy these special icons and shit, right? But someone just did it, I don't know, Monday or Sunday. No, Sunday, right? And then all of a sudden they showed up like all red, right? And then they ended up at the top toolbar in the chat for a while. Right, and I'm like going, oh, I wonder if that's what that's about. Remember, because you keep saying, I wonder what. what there's got to be a reason for it. There's got to be a reason for it. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's the like that's the fans only club thing. That's the, yeah, pay to pay to play. Right. That, but that's not even know. paying for the stickers. That's a. Uh, the super you know, chat. That's the super chat, right? I believe they call that. But I do like that show. I'm not trying to bash it because I do. I like the individual skill bow and Spartan, and I do. They really, you know, I've asked them questions. They're always very friendly. They're always willing to help me with my questions. So I, I do like that show. Uh, to be honest, good vibe with over there. Yeah, I, I do like those guys. And that's one thing where I wouldn't mind joining their patronage thing because I wouldn't mind getting some of their fucking, you know, cuttings and shit, you know. And they seem like decent people to hang out. They don't seem, you know, I don't know. I don't get the same vibe from other, from some of those other ones. Uh, Again, the cut should come without all that. It should just be camaraderie. I don't disagree with you, but I'm willing to, uh, you know, play a few games. You know, if that's the entry fee, I'm willing to play a few games. You know, if it's going to bend me in the long run, you know, sometimes you got to fucking eat, you know. Sometimes you got to just play the game, you know what I mean? Can't be that stubborn to not ever play the game. But, uh, okay. go ahead. I was going to say we got 57 watts and currently what's up, Chiefs B? One more just 
popped in. That's what I'm amazed at, you know. How many people watch this time at night? You know, you got a real good following, you know. And I know it's a lot of people on the West Coast and people from overseas, so it's totally different time zones, right? But it's not, you know, all Eastern time zone people. But uh, there is a lot of them. Sure. It's a cool community. Everybody likes to... To the, you know, it's the chat that makes the whole thing. You know, the great people in chat are very welcoming to new people. It makes people want to come back. You know, once you people say hello, make you feel welcome. Why wouldn't you want to come back? Yeah. Yeah, and you, you know, all your, you know, your uh, the wormhole, right? Smiley's a great guy, and Johnny, and Ali, and. Angus, you know, how, you know, uh, everybody that, you know, that's why I really like your, you know, this channel because everybody that joins it, they're really good people and good attitudes and enjoying, you know, it's enjoyable. Everybody's really. Well, you've done your dues. You'd be able to come and hang out in any of the wormholes now. Anytime you're up and want to come hang out, you can come log on and hang out. Yeah, it'll no, definitely be on the nice. weekends. It won't be during the week because uh, I'll be sending my boss a, a, a text probably about, you know, six in the morning. I had a rental property emergency. I'll be coming in late today. You know, I'll be taking a nap when we hang up, you know, sleeping. But, you know. Fuck them Sorry there. about that, brother. No, I don't <laughs> care. You know, it's hey, that's part of, the, you know, I'm lucky. I'm fortunate where I can do that, right? You know, you know, that's part of the salary because, you know, I, when I stayed at eight o'clock on my computer, they ain't paying me any extra. Right. So they can give me, but I'm fortunate where my boss, it's all about getting the job done. Right. Not about clocking in certain hours. You know, I've been doing my job for long enough. It's about getting the job done. So, you know, if you need to leave early one day, you need to do something one day, you just do it. But, you know, if it's expected, you need to stay late, you need to work Saturday or something, you know, you do that too, right? So just be professional about it. And, you know, it's pretty fair in that regard. They don't nickel and dime you. Yeah, I do appreciate you coming out. I do hope that you do take me up and uh, offer coming back. The Zoom numbers are always the same. So keep that invitation. Oh no, I, I got it written you. down. I will. Definitely. No, I enjoy it. I'll I'll join because I wanna, you know, get people opinion on I gotta get better that leaf stripping, right? I need to learn more about that. Because when I show you my flower stuff, they're like, you know, I do a pretty good job lollipopping, right? But I just don't think I do enough leaf stripping, right? But I don't mind it because all my larf, I just make hash out of it, right? So it's not like it's like okay, big deal. Now I just get more hash, right? You know, right there with you. I don't mind smoking some of that stuff. A lot of times, man, I actually smoke a lot of the larf and popcorn and make hash out of it. And just kind of combine the two. 
you know, throw some of that in at my larpy joints, but I make sure my patients get uh, my first pick of everything before, you know, once everybody's got theirs, I go back and smoke some better stuff, but until they pick theirs, I'm unfortunately smoking the lower stuff. And it's, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, the price of smoking earlier and what you could do with that, you know, what you paid for what you get now. To be honest with you, you know, back in the day, way before I started growing, well, back, there was a transition to where I stopped. It stopped coming for free, if you will. And then I had to uh, start uh, paying for it there for a while. And then I started growing again. And, man, I, once I started paying it for it a while, and I was like, man, this is silly. This is silly. For what we're paying <laughs> per month, we can pay for it grow. You know what I mean? And to the, this day, that amount, which was at that point, at that point, it was eight hundred dollars a month. I was spending in cannabis, eight hundred dollars a month. I happily pay for a grow that provides for myself plus five people for that same amount of money that I was just putting into a paper and smoking up every month. I now take care of myself plus five people for less than I was paying just outright. So why wouldn't you, you know, grow and take care of people? That's what I couldn't understand. To be honest, that was one of the reasons why I started growing because, it, you know, it goes back to retirement planning, right? So I was spending close to what you were spending, right? So I want to be debt free. You know, to me, it's all about being debt free when I retire, right? And the sooner I can be debt free, the sooner I can retire, right? Uh, you know, if I could be debt free tomorrow, I, I could retire tomorrow. So that you know, my goal is to retire as soon as I can. Worst case, it's five years, right? But my thought was, hey, it's legal. I can cut that that expense right out of my, you know, and I could possibly turn it around and make some profit out of it, right? Eventually, right? It, well, it, instead of it being a liability, you could turn it into an asset, right? Uh, so that was another reason, exactly, right? It was a cost reduction because, you know, yeah, there was an initial investment because I bought, you know, those lights were somewhat expensive, right? But I really like them. Uh, I know not many people have them. I don't really see many people talking about them. Uh, but they are some real nice lights. And my flower lights are those, I think you might have one. They're those Gavita LEDs. Uh, those Mine's similar model to it. Mine's an active grow LED, okay. but similar. But I Very bought similar. for flower. I bought those Gavita bar lights. I don't know. They're six hundred and forty-five watts or something like that, right? And I got like a twelve. Well, it's about a fourteen by five foot room of my garage, right? That I have all insulated, and that's kind of my flower room. 
because I, I have a small house and I don't have a basement, right? Because I live on the water, so you can't really have a basement. So I'm kind of like limited on space, right? So uh, my flower area is out in a garage. And so that area is pretty packed, right? It's, I, I barely was able to fit three of those Gavita lights in there. Uh, but now, once I got those in there, that, that's the ticket, buddy. There, I, because I was flowering under 400 watt lights, right? Uh, now those black dog, they're good lights, but compared to flowering under those Gavitas, they're, they're no difference, right? It's like, these things grow them fucking selves. What I'm finding is though, I, I'm hearing more people having calcium problems and I think I'm having calcium problems because the, those lights are so intense, you know? Uh, well, it's more mag usually. They seem to be more mag heavy under the LEDs, them in particular LEDs for some reason. So. Well, try that damn cow mag. I don't try to usually add that, but you know, I got a bottle of it because at first, when I first Sometimes I just buy shit without knowing it because, oh, the CalMag, buy it. So I bought all this kind of shit before I even know what the fuck I was doing, right? And then after I bought it, then I started listening and people, you know, like Coop making fun of it and shit. And especially being organic, it's not really something that organic people use. It's more the people that, you know, you know, I, you know, now I started putting the pieces together and it's like, well, I got a bottle of shit and I don't really use it. So, but I did start using a little bit recently because I heard the same thing that you told me, right? It could be a calcium, it could be that magnesium deficiency. So try to use that and see. But yeah, I usually lean towards more Epsom salts and uh, <clears throat> molasses when I need both of those. But uh, as far as in organics, uh, they've, they're, the talk lately has been to add gypsum. Uh, seems to take care of a lot of the problems that you see in LED. But again, I'm not giving no organics advice. <laughs> I'm not giving no well, organics advice at this point. Still... Well, you'll be eventually, right? It's just a learning process, right? And uh, you, you know... Uh, I tell you what, I, I'm sure you've probably heard of the guy, right? That Harley Smith, man, oh, yeah, watch yeah. his YouTube videos and that, that guy, you'll learn. I got to watch him again because I've watched him like twice, three times. And every time I watch him, it more of the pieces fit together. I start learning more and he explains shit such in a common language. You know, I love that guy. He's got an impressive set of jobs. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of little court jobs, right? right. Um, yeah, he is an amazing guy right there. You know, um, yeah, that's one of those things. Organics is a crazy rabbit hole. Once you get down it, man, it's, it's definitely one of those things you I don't think I'll turn back on. 
but it, where I fall on about like not giving advice on it at this point is, you know, I'm getting more and more knowledgeable on it. I'm listening and reading and diving into the rabbit holes daily. But as far as like giving advice on it, it's like one of those things like you start giving advice on it. It's like, motherfucker, you don't even grow in organics. How are you giving advice? <laughs> so that's why at this point in time, I'm actually like growing in organics. I'm going to just shut the fuck up about what I know. <laughs> yeah, right. The only thing I ever, the only advice I give is the advice I parrot from like Coot or Spartan or someone that fucking, you know, you know, Smiley can't forget Mr. Smiley. Smiley, no, Smiley right? No, takeovers coming this week, yeah. man. No, I'm impressed every time I watch. You know, I've been going back and watching some of his episodes and watching some. Of, I, I I really enjoy Smiley. He has a good attitude and he, he knows his shit about organic stuff, right? Oh yeah, I, man. I'm thinking about trying. Have you more. seen? You should follow and if you're not following him, you should check out his uh his YouTube channel. He does have a YouTube channel as well where he posts updates in his garden, man. And he's growing under them Gabita style lights and more of a room and man, he's killing it under that them style lights, that's for sure, man. Yeah. Absolutely this, killing it. This spring I'm gonna get one of those mini splits and then I'll be real happy. Because I, I bought some CO2 tanks and a monitor and all that shit, you know. So, but last summer I was running a fucking single tube air conditioner and, you know, I was going through all kinds of CO2. But the place by my house sells it for $8.50 a tank, right? That seems pretty damn cheap in my book. For a 20 yeah. gallon tank, 25 gallon tank, I don't know. Well, that's the thing, too, that you'll get to notice, too, is uh, with the LEDs. Well, you've always been under LEDs, but, you know, your target temperature is a little warmer. You know, you actually want to be up closer to 80 under the, the LEDs. So that actually pulls up, but you need that mini split for so. Yeah, and it's more just to keep, I don't want, yeah. What I want is a sealed room. That's why I want to get that mini split, right? And then so I can get a sealed room. I mean, I could get one of those air conditioners, but then it takes up space. Where this way, a mini split won't take up any space. We'll have it all outside, most of it outside. Who knows? We'll live and learn. But I've definitely seen a big improvement once I got that CO2. That was for sure. That was nice. Like inside, I used just those bags, which are nice. You know, those D's bags. Um, Glad to hear you supporting the Michigan company. They're great people, too. Oh, yeah. I like supporting the little guy as much as possible. I, I'll even, I'm a goofball, I even spend a little bit more money and support a smaller, like a hardware store, like a True Value or a, a Home Do-It Center, right? Than Home Depot, right? I, I'm, I kind of like, you know, I come from an entrepreneurial family, so I'm willing to spend 
a little more money. Like when I was going to college, I worked at a hardware store, right? And this guy treated his employees fantastic. I mean, he's a little hardware store. His employees had a 401k plan. They had health care, right? It would he he treated his employees fantastically, right? I still go back to that hardware store and spend more money than going to Home Depot just because how well he treats his employees and how well he, you know, it was like, I really respect the guy, you know? And uh, I don't know, those big corporations, they don't need your damn money, you know? I get sucked into Amazon, I hate the, you know, convenience man, but at least they're trying to, you know, some of them, little people are selling their shit through Amazon, so. Maybe I can rationalize it that way. Unfortunately, they're pushing us that way. I don't like to do it either, but man, a lot of stuff anymore that's isn't available through your local store anymore. They've kind of made it. And I don't, again, in some instances, I don't blame them, you know, where they're carrying limited stock on certain things. You know, it's tough right now to keep extra stuff on the shelves if it ain't selling. So that draws you what you want isn't on the shelf. Where are you going? You're going to the Amazon, you're going to eBay or whatever. And while you're there, unfortunately, most times you're picking up other shit while you're there. You know, I'm there. I'm guilty of it. They've made it too damn convenient with fucking PayPal and one click fucking buying. I buy too much shit, man. It's like, what the fuck? I, I don't know how many books I've bought fucking recently and haven't read one of them. Like, I got to stop buying books. You know? I bought books, some books today, but that's funny. I That's mean, why I, I like my Audible. It's like, I got to start reading them to like buying, quit buying seeds because I could quit buying seeds because I had a whole refrigerator drawer full, you know? Because, you know, I got into this buying it. Oh, I'm going to buy this, buy this, you know? Oh, you know, I'm going to get some Lemon Jeffrey and I'm going to get, you know, heard that, you know, that painted lady or whatever, 22 ounces or whatever from one fucking plant. I'm like, man, I want that plant, you know, <laughs> but just chasing a, you know, you know, uh, but anyways, I'm trying to buy some better genetics, but you know, we'll see there, but I definitely will crack those seeds. Yours will be the next I try. So those are regular though. Lemon- yeah, them lemon Jeffries, I believe, were outdoors. She grew that was her outdoor. Okay, that makes more sense. That makes more. I couldn't figure out. I didn't hear the whole story, right? That didn't make sense to indoors, right? I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? She had a nice looking outdoor girl, the lemon Jeffrey. Okay. Bud's about as long as her arm. Okay, nice that makes plant. more sense then. She's a great gal. She's been on the show as well. She's been on the show as well. Yeah. She was actually nice enough to tell me. uh, I caught her on one of the shows. I think it was Embracing Organics. And uh, she was nice enough. I was 
to say it all started here with my invite with uh, a lot of the shows that she's done. I thought that was pretty cool. I give a little shout out. Well, she ain't bad to look it's at, fun. so it's, it's easy to have her on your show. You know? And she's knowledgeable. She's grow. you know, she produces good bud. So what, you know, we need to see more, you know, women involved, you know, she, it's yeah. mostly, that's what's weird because if you think about it, there's so many women gardeners. Why wouldn't there be, you know, I guess I get, you know, I think one thing I heard the rat, the, at least in the past, the thought was it was a bigger risk to go to prison and, you know, women were less likely to take that risk because they're going to get, they got the kids, right? They don't want to put the kids in jeopardy, you know? So, but nowadays with it's legal, hopefully we get more women involved in growing, you know? I agree, I agree. There's a lot of lady, good lady gardeners out there for sure. I always thought it was kind of ironic that it was a male-dominated industry, to be honest with you. I could see, you know, honestly with you, the the male aspect of, aside of it being the selling, moving, you know. Yeah. But the, the growing of it, it just seems like, you know, you look back in time, you know, the 50s type, TV when I grew up, you know, you'd look back and the the, the mother always did the gardening. The lady of the house was always doing the flowers, the gardening. So it made more sense. And then, you know, supposedly, again, according to stereotypes, they're the ones that love the flowers, you know what I mean? So why wouldn't it be make sense that they were the ones that cultivating all the beautiful cannabis flowers? I thought it was kind of funny that in the end it was always the guys that were growing and appreciating all these flowers instead of the ladies. I was like, this is kind of ironic, really. <laughs> well, I think, According to stereotype, anyway. I think the guys were doing it solely for the cash, right? Not, not so much the, the flower. <laughs> but I look back, I, I guess I never, I was, you know, kind of went away before I was born, right? But I guess my grandpa, right on my mom, my mom's father, so he had an extra lot next to his house. And I guess like the whole, he had the whole lot bordered with rose bushes, right? And it was like hundreds and hundreds of rose bushes and everybody in the neighborhood would admire all these rose bushes, you know? So I guess there's always been gardening on, you know, male and female on my side of, you know, my family. But, but it seems like gardening is definitely, don't mean to sound like a you know, stereotype. That's another, that's another thing too is I can't figure out is, you know, it's a plant. It's a plant. So I can't, uh, it always kind of makes me smile that you know we actually dominate all of our knowledge towards just cannabis related growing knowledge like it has some secretive plant you know what I mean basically it's growing in like anything else we should be pulling uh, knowledge from 
all aspects of growing your garden, your flower beds, you know, it's all all the same nutrients and how the deficiencies apply. We should be reading all them books as well and taking, you know, applying it to our cannabis. It's funny that yeah, we well, just single it out. Well, I think Harley said it then, that Jeff Longfold said it. Oh, you just read about grown tomato plants, right? I mean, they're pretty much the same thing, you know? I even think Jeff might have said it on your show where sometimes, you know, once a year or something, he would write an article on tomato plants and people who knew it was code for, you know, growing cannabis or something. For sure. It's probably right around uh, cannabis times, planting and harvest times. He'd be probably talking about tomatoes. Yeah, so. So I think I'm gonna wrap it up because I gotta uh, get to bed here, and I gotta get, I gotta go to work eventually. I know I have a noon meeting, so uh, I know I at least gotta get up and get going by noon. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, even at this point, pushing four o'clock, that's only a short rest before a meeting there. So I greatly appreciate you taking time to hang out and buying the community another night of hanging out and chatting and having fun uh, and hearing your story. Uh, and it was a good one at that. So I greatly appreciate you coming and hanging out. And like I said, please keep that Zoom invitation handy because that is the same numbers for the wormhole every night. Uh, any night that it's available, you're more than welcome to jump in. Please don't make, don't, please don't feel like you need an invitation you already have the invitation. Feel free to use it whenever you'd like. <clears throat> and with that said, just the only thing I'd like to get from you, greetedly, before you go, is uh, the soundbite, if you could. Could you give me your soundbite? Yep. What episode is this? 309? 309. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is Detroit River Rat, and this is episode 309 with fucking talking shit with Eagle. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode when you listen and uh, have a good one, everybody. Thank you, my friend. And it was a good night. And I hope that uh, I look forward to seeing you at some of these events here in the future. It's only well, a couple months before the weather breaks and we'll be having some fun. So I'll be looking for it. You definitely will because I want to get some information when they're happening and stuff. So that's why I'm all about joining. So I'm not bailing now. Right, so, on, right on. It'll be nice to meet you everybody in, uh, you know, in person. That'll be enjoyable. Oh, I'm sure all of us that are watching from Michigan are going to be looking out for you and stoked to be meeting you as well so look out for all of us and uh i know we'll be looking out for you good luck okay. with that meeting my friend yeah take care have a good night have a... bye now yep well that does it for episode 309 guys uh for those of you that want to make it till the 420 hour please give me a few minutes and uh, i'll log back on we'll get the wormhole going finish out this evening those of you who do not
I greatly appreciate your time for coming up and going this far into the evening. Pretty awesome of you nonetheless. So if not, you guys hopefully know the deal by now. Please try to do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. It's the least we can do for one another. But hopefully, hopefully you guys are going to take the time, fill your drink, fill your tray, come back and get ready for that 420 hour. I'll see you guys in about five minutes. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you very much, Detroit River Rat, for giving us another night, my friend. It was an amazing one. I'll see you guys.